man takes a podcast. A podcast takes the podcast. And then the podcast takes a man. It's Haunted Phosphorescence. Everyone, this is your host, Throw Smiley. I eat screams and drink pain by screams. <laughs> by screams, I mean corn dogs, and by pain, I mean Jerry Seven Up. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. <laughs> I forgot to write some down. That was the only thing I remember. All right, uh, I'm Josh CC, but you can call me Mister Sleep. <laughs> remember, cause a wheel, Doc. I'm Brian Lesh. You're wondering why I'm wearing such a funny hat. I'm Al or whoever. <laughs> I, <laughs> I am Al. <laughs> Cheech the hat. No, we don't want to say um, anything. Jo- Johnny shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a little propeller. Um, this is haunted phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch spooky movies all October. <laughs> we look into the production and source background and we tell you about it. This show is brought to you by patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You can be a patron. It's very easy. It costs a dollar at patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. There's a lot of bonus content there. Uh, we've got monthly movies that don't show up on the main feed. We've got a Star Wars miniseries, a bunch of holiday shows, music stuff. So go check it out. Patreon.com slash harmless entertainment this week on Haunted Phosphorescence. We are watching Dr. Sleep. When I was a kid, there was a place. A dark place. They closed it down and let it rot. But the things that lived there... They come back. Not many ride the bus this far north. You're running away from something. I'm running away from myself, I guess. You can hear me. You're magic. Like me. I don't know about magic. I always called it the shining. The world is a hungry place. A dangerous place. These people, they hurt people like us. These hunted devils. They'll eat what shines. And they've noticed that little girl. Wow. Hi there. Get out of my head! Get out! I haven't felt power like that in so long. They're coming. Where are we going? There's a place. I'm ready. Yes, you run, dear. And then I will find you. And you will scream for years. Come play with us. 
Dr. Sleep. It was released November 8th, 2019 uh, by Warner Brothers. It has a running time of 152 minutes. It cost $55 million. That made $72 million. So it did all right. Wasn't a runaway wow. hit. Yeah. Mm. That trailer, really, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, that trailer sold it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, I mean, just imagine the clothes minds the Kubrick fans the you know you know the fan bases that are just angry stanley kubert oh yeah kubert yeah Um, i miss uh, kubert that's a fun game remember the saturday morning cartoon yes (laughs) it was terrible (laughs) uh um yeah it did all right um it is proof that warner brothers can do a connected cinematic universe if they want to um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but well and this also follows up the dark tower that failed terribly oh that was so uh, i, saw I didn't seen it and i, I love it, it no idris elba and matthew mcconaughey i was like i'm not gonna watch this they did the whole series as one hour and a half movie no i'm not yeah, gonna watch I don't, that i didn't what a bummer yeah, yeah no because there's like eight books of that right yeah it's like the bizarro hobbit it's there's Oh, there! It's like ten thousand pages long. <laughs> like it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. It's a it's an epic. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I said, it it did all right, money wise, but not tremendously. But uh, I think that means we should play the box office top ten game. Oh yeah! Here's the game where I will describe the top ten movies of the week using the box office mojo description for the most part. And uh, the guys here are going to try to guess what movie I'm describing. Uh, just briefly, <laughs> number number 12 and 11 is Parasite and Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> Which, uh. yeah, those have both been out a while, though. So, uh, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. So, um, at number 10 for the week of November 8th, 2019... An eccentrically macabre family moves to a bland suburb. Adam's Family Values. It, it's the Adam's Family, the animated one. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I forgot that existed. I heard it was fine. <laughs> Just fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's crazy how the Adam's Family is one of those things that's like really like maintained its place in the uh, zeitgeist with, you know, like Gen Z. Yeah, it's. It's almost like a mutant turtle situation. Like yeah. It well, stands up no matter what generation. Yeah. With Wednesday and all. Yep. Uh, when's season two of Wednesday coming out? Oh, who knows? <laughs> they haven't even started filming. Hey, will they call it Thursday? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, did you... <laughs> brief tangent. Have you guys watched Gen, Gen V yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Few? No. Yes, uh, I have. That that roommate is just Wednesday's roommate. Yeah, isn't she? Yeah, I did think about that. Yeah, like immediately. That was all. Yeah. So, all right, at number nine on the box office top ten, a group of protagonists move to the American heartland as they face off against challenges. Um. 
there's no way to describe this movie without giving it away. Face off family values. Uh, <laughs> family values. Just add family values. Um, st- Fast and Furious. Starring Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, and Anne oh. Breslin. Zombie Land Dose. Double Tap. Double yeah. Tap. That, I lo- when the when their counterparts show up, Thomas Middleditch yes. and I can't remember. Yeah. So good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Both of those movies. Are, who who are was great. the woman at the end, too? Is that Rosario Dawson? I think so, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 She, she runs the little love, the love nest place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Zombieland's great. Um, at number eight this week. <laughs> an extraordinary, an extraordinary tale of one woman's escape from slavery and transformation in one to in one to America's greatest hero. <laughs> Pretty woman, family values. Uh, so I, I think this might be starring uh, Tracy Morgan. <laughs> Tracy Morgan as grandma. Harriet Tubman. <laughs> It's called it's Harriet. It's Thomas Jefferson Thomas Jefferson yeah. project. Yeah. It's no, it's Harriet, the Harriet Tubman movie. And, oh, it is. And I did not see this, but she's like on the cover, she has like like a cool cowboy hat cocked and she has a pistol and she's like, let's kick yeah. some ass. Let's do is this. That, is that Cynthia Erivo? Uh yes. Um supposedly she sings really. she sings in the movie. Oh, it's a it's musical? Incredible. No, it's not a musical, okay. but I mean, there were there were songs because Janelle uh, Monae's in it too. So. Yeah, oh, well, songs Monet, were a a method of communication. Between yeah, that yeah, white people yeah. tended to ignore. Too. Yeah, right. Um, Let them have that. But Cynthia Rivo's got an incredible singing voice. That was the one thing I was like, oh, it'd be really interesting to see that done tastefully. You know, yeah. uh, I actually throw on Thirty Rock. Alec Baldwin plays Harriet That's right. <laughs> in the dreams. No, <laughs> oh, he plays Nixon. Yeah, <laughs> all kinds of people. You remember when he's confessing to the priest, he was like, under deposition, I once proclaimed that I was God. Which, which, is, a, which is a reference to the film Malice from 1993. <laughs> in which he starred as a, as, in which he starred as a surgeon, in which in a deposition he proclaimed, you th- ask if I have a God complex? I am God. I am God. <laughs> Uh, um, uh, <laughs> number seven this week, a mean lady and her goddaughter begin to question the complex family ties that bind them as they are, I'm sorry, just see what this movie is in this description, that bind them as they are pulled in different directions by impending nuptials, unexpected allies, and dark new forces at play. What the fuck is this movie? Band of Brothers. Um, um, this is a this is a Disney film based on a classic cartoon, um, and it's a sequel to I don't know. This could be the third or fourth, as far as I'm aware. I've never watched any of these. Oh, is it Cruella? No, no, but it's that same kind of thing. But okay. it, it predates Cruella. This is a sequel. The original. Oh. This is a sequel um, to a an, a live action Disney take on one of their classic uh, cartoon, classic uh, animated films from before our time. Jungle Book? No, no, no. Stars Angelina Jolie. 
Um, uh, she had oh. Magnifica. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the um, uh, Maleficent. Oh, Malevolent? Ma- Maleficent. This is a sequel. It's Maleficent Mistress of Evil. I don't know what number. I don't know how many they made. I have no idea. Yeah, I think I it's at know. least three. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's a sequel that didn't need to be made. Yeah. Um, at number six this week, during the 1980s, a failed stand-up comedian is driven insane and turns to a life of crime. The, the Joker. Joker. The Smoker. The Midnight Toker. Night Toker. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, at number five, oh, this movie, an augmented human and, <laughs> and a woman must stop uh, a robot <laughs> from hunting down a young girl. So Robo-cop? a human and a woman? An augmented human and a woman. Yes. <laughs> so human and woman. All right. Is it a is it a Terminator? It is a Terminator. It is oh Dark Fate. This is with what's her face? Yeah, Linda Hamilton came back. Uh, oh, and the the gal from Station Eleven too. She's the uh, oh. she's the good the good augmented human. Okay, yeah, I've, I, I I've I this is the one I haven't seen. I walked I watched whatever Genesis whatever that one was I watched I've seen all of them through that but I have not seen this one this one is the sequel to uh, Terminator 2 mm. like obviously there are <laughs> more like movies Terminator 3 yeah but I mean like this this one is like it, this is the uh, timeline was was not broken after Terminator 2 they time traveled back Somehow or something. The Terminator There's series a lot of timeline is fucking crazy. Well, and this one was Sarah Connor uh, is no longer the chosen one. It's now a gal from Mexico who is having a kid. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they send a Terminator yeah. back to rescue the kid or something. I don't know. It turns out Sarah Connor. The gal. Did you mean a human okay. or a woman? A human woman. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Uh, um, at number opening. Wow. The top four movies are all opening this week. Opening at number four this week. Kate is a young woman subscribed to Bad Decisions. I I don't have that one. I've got Hulu and Netflix, but I don't have Bad Decisions. Um, (laughs) Working as an elf in a year-round Christmas store. Oh, shit. (laughs) Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, um... But she meets Tom there, and her life takes a new turn that seems too good to be true. The, uh... Frank, Frank Fred Claus? No, the, the, uh... The tagline on the uh, cover is, Sometimes you've just gotta have faith. Which is a hint to the name. Mm-hmm. Faith, uh, the faith, the faith. You the gotta have faith, the faith, the faith. Girlfriend. George Michael. Featuring the music of George Michael and Wham! Uh, Father figure? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. That's a very different movie. This this is a Christmas movie. Oh. And what Wham! song? Oh, Last Last Christmas. Last Christmas, starring starring Amelia Clark and uh, Henry Golding. Okay. It just sounds like the a Henry Simpsons Gold? episode. Live old. 
Have you guys seen the, the newer, the modern Simpsons episode where they do the uh, Christmas thing with, uh, fuck, I forget who plays the woman, but it's Skinner and some big city woman and they fall in love. Oh, They're filming a Hallmark oh, movie they, they do. in Springfield. Ah, oh. It's adorable. It's it's one of my favorite newer episodes. Uh, I'm, I, I'm always, I'm always like on the verge of deciding to watch Modern Simpsons, but I never quite pull that trigger. Watch the last two seasons. They're surprisingly good. Mm. Um, I'm on season 15 right now, like the 9-11 era, and it's Oof. so interesting watching all the like anti-Fox, anti-war stuff. I just watched uh-huh. uh, Homer mooning the flag and them getting sent to Guantanamo. <laughs> and the episode that follows that is Burns buying all the newspapers, except for Lisa's, which is the last one that he needs to buy to control the media. I remember that that episode. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's I mean, an interesting the- run of episodes post 9-11. Everyone involved with the show said uh, Mr. Burns was Rupert Murdoch. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Always was. That's the, the the Pie Man episodes are, are in there, too. Those are all post-9-11, like we need a hero kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Uh, um, opening at number three this week, a movie which I am only this very moment discovering exists. A crew of rugged firefighters meet their match when attempting to rescue three rambunctious kids. Starring John Leguizamo, Keegan-Michael Key, and John Cena. Three obnoxious kids? Three obnoxious fathers. (laughs) It looks like three men and three little ladies is what it looks like this movie is. Three men, three little ladies, evenly matched. Oh, and there's a dog. There's a wacky dog, and he's wearing... A uh, firefighter's helmet. <laughs> oh, he's a rascal. He is. Um, it's called Playing with Fire. And John <laughs> and all three of the guys. Oh, yeah, I exploded. I blew up the kids. All three of the guys are standing there with their arms crossed and their heads cocked like, what are we going to do with these kids? <laughs> yeah, we're a daddy daycare. Uh, um, opening at number two this week. Years following the events of The Shining, a now adult Dan Torrance must protect a young girl with similar similar powers from a cult known as the True Knot, who prey on children with powers to remain immortal. Children of the corn. So specific. Family values. (laughs) Children of the corn. Family values. The tarnishing. Yeah. Um, The tarnishing. uh, um, The weirdening. And opening at number one this week. Um, uh, oh, God. How do I even just... Dis- I, I can't read the description as written here because... It's, it's a superhero movie, I'm guessing. It is not. Oh. Uh, star. I will read the... Uh, let's see. It's starring Patrick Wilson, Aaron Eckhart, uh, Dennis Quaid, and Woody Harrelson. Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, from the director of Independence Day, based on oh. real events. Is this Moonfall? No. No? This is a is it- an historical drama. Um, it looks like... Can you tell us approximately it's, when? It- it's a World War II historical drama made oh. made by... Uh, uh, what's his face? Um what is what is the Independence guy? Uh, oh, um, not Verhoeven. Not Verhoeven. Um, um, shit. It's uh, Fuck, Michael Bay. What's the other guy who no. makes those crappy movies? Not Gore Verbinski. He did the Pirates. Oh, movies. no, 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 no. Um, uh, 
It's uh, uh, Roland Emmerich. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, so it's a natural disaster. I mean, kinda, but it, it's it's a <laughs> World War II movie starring Dennis Quaid and Woody Harrelson. They're definitely <laughs> tapping yeah, into the, the greatest generation. Aaron Eckhart. Yeah. It sounds like a neighborhood dad barbecue. And Mandy Moore. Oh. Okay. What? Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, the bridge on the river. Oh, and Patrick Wilson, Bye. of course. Patrick Wilson. Uh, two. Yeah, um, we built. We rebuilt the bridge. <laughs> bridge. Bridge. Bridge two. <laughs> the the quai. Um, no. <laughs> the quieting. Uh, it's called Midway. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Apparently, really? Roland Emmerich midway. made uh, a Midway movie. Wow. Um, it went on to, uh, that's the first movie about Guam ever made. Um, yeah. Tell me that Dennis Quaid was MacArthur. Wasn't he? Who's the general? No, no. Woody Harrelson is. Is MacArthur? I mean, he does I'm pretty sure. Like him. Woody no, he's, he's an, Woody Harrelson is an admiral. Okay. Oh. Well, is he Nimitz? <laughs> no, Who no. But, he? but what is he in the movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His father was a hitman, right? Yeah, there yeah. are theories. Yeah, that yeah. there's some crazy that stuff. He, okay, that he was the uh, grassy knoll shooter. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that is whose <laughs> <laughs> son was on Cheers. <laughs> World has always been weird. Yeah. Um, so that is the box office top ten. That brings us to the film. I'm gonna briefly talk about the book. Um, very briefly. Um, um, there are a few. But before you do Friends at Home, we did do uh, The Shining as a monthly movie. Another reason to join the Patreon, but we really got in debt. Yeah, The Shining was a big, long one, and we really did a deep dive on that one. That is, as Josh said, on patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. Buck a month. That's all you need. One dollar. You, you don't even have to keep subscribing you can pay a dollar listen to all the old ones yeah. over the course of a month and then unsubscribe but why you don't would have you? to take care of the boiler we'll do that yeah. for you all right so yeah this was based on the uh stephen king novel dr sleep uh which was published in 2013 now obviously it's the sequel to the shining um stephen king said he wanted to he would just start thinking about, well, what was Danny up to as an adult? Um, some of the, a few key differences between the book and the film is mostly what I want to uh, focus on. Um, it starts with uh, one of the first key differences is Abra Stone, as a baby in 2001, predicted 9-11. I'm so glad that didn't make it into the fucking movie, man. <laughs> yeah. It's such a weird story beat. It's yes, it is. He he always has a moment like the um you know the exploratory scene in it that the kids you know the sex scene. He always has at least one where it's just like it's not scary, it's not titillating. It's just like no, we can't do that. Yeah, like yeah. I don't know where he went that day, but we can't do that. Yeah, yeah. These are all like red flags about him, where it's like, oh man, you just keep putting these red flags up, but. You seem okay, Still. right? That like he has such such so many red flags in his work, but also 
to this day, not even back when he was a cokehead, even to this day he does, but there's nothing that has ever come out about him. He seems like a totally yeah. all right dude. Writers yeah. are generally boring people. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's in love with his typewriter, you know, yeah. and his, and his he house has an imagination. Maine. He has yeah. an imagination and he can afford to sit around. And I heard oh, recently, that, <laughs> I heard recently that, that um, apparently his <laughs> wife has been posting on social media that he's driving her absolutely oh. insane because he's currently obsessed with Mambo number five, the song. <laughs> and, like, I love that. playing it nonstop. Did he miss it when it came out I in the 90s? Know. Maybe. He's like, baby, you got to listen to this. It says your name in it. Monica, listen. <laughs> no, Tabitha is her name. Is her name really Tabitha? Isn't that the uh-huh. daughter? Tabitha King. Or is that Maybe his wife? She's is, That's his is, wife. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're that right. could be another red flag. <laughs> um, so um, another major difference in uh, the book versus the film. Um, most of the true not end up dying be- not not from a gun battle, but because when they kill the uh, baseball kid, he gives them all measles. No. Yes. He gives That's them so measles. much worse. It's like a smallpox situation. Yeah. Well, in the lead up to COVID, now I'm like, that makes sense. You know, they didn't get vaccinated. They believed the earth was flat and that they could drink people's spirits. Um, He, uh, yeah, he made... They made fun of him in it chapter two, but like about the endings. James McAvoy's character, Bill Denbro, yeah, just nobody likes the endings to his book. Right. <laughs> or and, the showdowns. Yeah. And speaking of, the the big ending in the book. Um so so the ending in the film was actually for the most part the original ending from The Shining. The book The Shining. The boiler room, burning down, all that. That yeah, was in the burning of the hotel. That was in sure. The Shining, not yes, Doctor Sleep. Um the boiler. But in in Doctor Sleep, the book ends. They push Rose off the roof of the hotel. She <laughs> yeah. dies. And then as Abra and Danny drive away. They turn back and see the ghost of Jack Torrance smiling and waving at them. <laughs> no Jedi way. style? Yes. Dead Jedi style? Yes. With Will Meet Again playing in the background or whatever? <laughs> time goes by. Yeah, time goes you by. You must remember this. Oh, oh, and so, okay, another major difference. It turns out that Abra's mother in the book is the illegitimate love child of Jack Torrance. So Abra is literally Danny's niece. Wow. So him, oh. her saying that in the movie, like, well, that's not. It's less creepy. True. Yeah. In the book. Yeah. So. Yeah. In the I, movie, I, I we're kind of with Abra's dad. Like, I really Dan. I really like how they handled all of that in this movie. Yeah. I thought that was really cool that they made it part of the plot. Where he's like, dude, you, you, what? I, I can't sit with a teenage girl on a bench. Mm-hmm. Kidding me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of it just being like, we're all magical. Um, like, well, or like him when he was a kid sitting with a much older black man. Mm-hmm, yeah. know, you know, well, again, nobody but, cared. But at the time, it didn't matter. <laughs> Not that you know, that's whereas whereas today, about, but... it really matters. You yeah. know, like it's, yeah. it was it was a cool. I love how this brought modern sensibilities into the world of the shiny. Um, <laughs> one last uh, difference. um 
there were still a few members of the True Knot alive that didn't die from the measles that went to the Overlook with Rose the Hat. And those were killed off because uh, in in the book, the, the dying grandmother was an actual character. And Danny went to Dr. Sleeper um, as she died. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, collected her steam, saved it in his lungs, and when he went to the Overlook, blew it into their faces, so they all died of her cancer. Because huh. her steam had cancer, because she was dying of cancer. Cancer steam. Yes. I'm so glad they avoided all these weird overcomplications with the steam. That's... So yeah, so like uh, so so for the listeners, you know, in in our group chat, I was saying how Stephen Kingy this movie was, but then I read this description, I was like, nope, they they absolutely dekingified it by at least fifty percent. At least, yeah, those are all. I mean, you kind of have to. Of course, you have to. No, yeah. that man is insane. His books are yeah. insane. It's crazy that he's the most successful writer of all time. When his books are so completely out of their minds. Well, yeah, I mean, some are so inaccessible that it's hard to. That's the fun, though. I mean, he oh, yeah. his process is literally just write the book, right? Yeah. Like, he just writes a book and it just comes out of him. He's not like, okay, I want it to end with them pushing her off the roof. He's like, all right. Uh, and then they get on the roof and he push her off. That's I that's think what, that's, <laughs> that's what I like about King's writing is that it all just kind of flows out of a dude's brain like he's making up a story on the spot. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, we were just talking about it recently, but um, where he has these almost George Lucas responses to things, where just like I wondered what it would be like to write a story about a guy who's in two places at once. <laughs> it's yeah. like that's an yeah. oversimplification, isn't it? But it's not. Yeah, he just pumps that book out. Just pumps it out. Yeah. Like, what if cell phones could be used, you know, in a supernatural type, you know, there you go. What so, if an alien was a clown that was living in a town for a hundred years? Yeah, I mean, that's what he said. What if a town was haunted? What if a, what if a whole town was under some sort of evil spell? Well, and The Shining was, what about a hotel pages. built on an Indian burial ground, you know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that takes the souls of the caretaker? Kind of dope. So yeah, that, the places are inhabited. It's not just a yeah. haunted house. So we talked about King pretty fairly in depth on the Shining episode. Oh, and also we've talked about him a little bit on the um, the Mist. The Mist. Um, just to, just just real quickly, the man has written sixty five novels. As uh, eleven, that's it? Co- eleven, yeah, that ele- seems low. Ele- yeah. Eleven collections of short stories, nineteen screenplays, and sixteen others, which also um, include his novellas. Wow! And he got hit by a van. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, but that does not count the collection of novellas and the <laughs> upcoming novel, which haven't been published yet, but are due to be published this year and next year. The he man writes paychecks. Yeah. The man writes like he, he has 65 novels and has been publishing for 49 years. He averages yeah. a and that along with all the short stories, he averages about a book and a half a year for 50 oh. years. I bet being his editor is one of the easiest jobs in the world. Yeah. You know, like he's like clockwork, you know. We don't have to worry about Steve, we gave you an advance. It's been a year now. 
Well, and it's Stephen King, so you don't change any story elements. You're just like, all right, I spell checked it. It's good. He's like the. Well, anti- I mean, you know, an author has oh, their like editor. hounding him, hounding yeah, him to, to that person doesn't work. go with the red pen and yeah. edit the book. They're just the guy that deals with the publishing company. But yeah, I'm sure that's an easy job. <laughs> Every year, dude throws you a book. Uh, he's like the anti George R. R. Martin. Yeah, we should swap them out real quick. There'll be a bunch of magic black writing dragons by the end of uh, the the story. Yeah, let's just let Stephen King finish out his Song of Ice and Fire. (laughs) Give him the notes and let him go. Uh, um, so actually, he would kill it. Eyes of the Dragon is one of my favorite novels. That is a great novel. Yeah, that's Hmm. a great fantasy novel. King wrote a fantasy novel. It's a straight fantasy novel, and it's what Uh he ended up using as the basis for the world of the Dark Tower. It was like yeah. really Randall Flag, the the man in black. Yeah, the walking dude. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, it's great. You'd like it. It's such a quick read too. Yeah, it was one of my favorites. I read it like three or four times as a kid. Yeah, interesting. I didn't even know I that. I still have my copy. Uh, Ella just read it recently because she loves. I love. I love books. the stand still to this day. So oh. anything that's got Randall Flag in it, I haven't read any of the Dark Tower because there's just so much to chew on what was I, what was that one he wrote with the other guy that was also like a weird kind it was like oh, a the talisman Peter Straub. the talisman yeah, Peter Straub. yeah. that was so Straub, good. yeah yes so all right um stephen king wrote dr sleep published in 2013 it was written the film the screenplay was written and directed by mike flanagan uh mike flanagan um probably at this point i think best known both for probably Ouija, Ouija, however you're supposed to say it, Origin of Evil, and um, the uh, Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor series. He did the Netflix. And Midnight yeah. Mass. Midnight oh, Mass. He, and, and, and he oh. sort of has a rep company of actors that he uses, sort of like Ryan Murphy in his American yeah. Horror Story type thing, which I think is cool. Like Henry Thomas is in every season as he, a different character. He, he has an upcoming The Fall of the House of Usher. Whoa! Wow! Yeah. Well, why don't so far, people try he, to adapt Edgar Allan Poe more? Mm-hmm. He's he's been three for three on those Netflix uh, series. Those the Midnight Mass. I was riveted the whole way through. So he, good. He's coming into his own. It looks like, like as far as this new horror kind of. It looks like the fall of the House of Usher is going to be a kind of general Edgar Allan Poe verse. It looks like he uses oh. a lot of Edgar Allan Poe stories to tell, like... I, it doesn't look like it's anthology, but, like, just kind of a the universe of Edgar Allan Poe, weird and creepy. That's cool. If, um, if I hadn't heard of it before, but um, there's a movie, a Christian Bale movie uh, on Netflix called The Pale Blue Eye, and actually Edgar Allan Poe is a character in oh, wow. it. When he was at West Point, which a lot of people don't know that he attended West yeah. Point, yeah. got kicked out for gambling and drinking. But, yeah, it's an interesting uh, movie. Check it out. You guys would like it. He smoked yeah. opium too, right? That was his. Uh, yeah, his and he he had an allergy to alcohol. Yeah. Like mm. he wouldn't just get drunk. Like his brain. Edgar Allan Poe is a character in the Dickinson Show too, right? With the uh, what's her face, uh, Hawkeye. Oh, I thought um, I thought that, she was a, that a regular sh- character because it's like a weird, surreal. Yeah, I never saw. Of, I never watched that, so I don't know. I've just seen some clips of it, and I'm pretty sure I remember seeing. I think it's like I don't know if it's like Matthew Gray Goobler or somebody weird who plays him. Huh. So um, Mike Flanagan basically brought this to Stephen King. Stephen King 
famously non-averse to people making films of his books. <laughs> well, and still not a fan of The Shining. Still the not film. a fan of The Shining. Um, he brought it to him um, and had to pitch to him that there would be a direct connection to the film The Shining by, and he sold it to him by by um, replacing the ending with the original Shining book ending. That's what yeah. sold Stephen King on it being having a connection to the Kubrick film. I remember seeing him talk about this movie um, and reflecting on The Shining and saying like how he still to this day doesn't agree with all the choices that Kubrick made, but he understands its place in the culture now mm-hmm. because people have been like banging on that door for 30 years now saying like, dude, come on. It's better than your book. It's better than your book. It's better than your book. And of course, he takes that very personally. Sure. But now but, and, I, think, but also I think he some... understands that the people appreciate both, but the, the movie connects with more people. Um, He did say about uh, Dr. Sleep, the film, everything that I ever disliked about the Kubrick version of The Shining is redeemed for me here. <laughs> he well, loved it, this movie. It arguably undoes the knot that we talked about in the last, in our, in our Shining episode, talking about the sexual assault of Danny at the overlook mm, yes because we see we see those sequences from danny's perspective and he never goes into the room no i don't know if that's the thing that king was hung up on i don't think it was necessarily but that's an interesting little little turn of the key for that to be like well and now that theory is closed absolutely yeah um but because- that was that was honestly kubrick's intention yeah that oh yeah yeah, yeah absolutely 100 percent Nothing else happened in that house. No. <laughs> um, the uh, other thing that convinced uh, King um, was the uh, he, he uh, showed him the scene involving Dan talking to uh, bartender Jack, which yeah. was not in the book, but was written by Mike Flanagan for the film. Um, it's a cool moment. It's weird, but it's cool. Mm-hmm. The 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 actor versions of uh, Shelley Duvall and Jack Nicholson are very interesting because there are absolute moments that they hit that are very like on the nose. Those actors performances from The Shining. The voice of Shelley Duvall was one of those things where I just like there were a couple of moments where I was shaking my head and looking back up at the screen and going like, oh, OK, that's not Shelley. The voice is guy. Perf- I wonder if they used some audio from the original film. Mm, did like, it I, overdubbed it? Yeah. Because mm. there are times when you hear her saying, like when he's sitting on the bench and she's, she's screaming. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, like yeah. old. It does. Sa- old audio. It does sound like audio from The Shining specifically. Uh, <laughs> alternately, um, it bugged the hell out of me that the great party, isn't it, line was not in that, not in a British accent. Yeah. That bugged me so hard. Uh, well, and that, that leads to the weird ambiguity around that character in the movie. Because mm. at one point there is a British caretaker and then there's an American guy, right? Was, weren't there? Well, no, no, no. Well, no, because Grady. Because Grady. Grady in the film is British, but he was not supposed to be British. Oh, that's right. He it's, wasn't supposed to be British. It's because Kubrick filmed in England and they found a British character actor for the role. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It wasn't supposed to be a British voice. Yeah. So, um, the film stars Ewan McGregor as Dan Torrance. Ewan McGregor not going to go through Ewan McGregor. He's fucking Obi-Wan. Um, Rebecca Ferguson as Rose the Hat. 
Um, Rebecca Ferguson. Um, what is she probably best known? Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible Dune now. Oh, that's Dune. She was in, did she do she, The Hunt? Was she in that small horror movie? Hmm, let me see. I haven't seen it. She anyway. uh, she was in Silo on Apple, which is supposed to be really good. Oh, yeah, I've which heard I haven't, that's good. I haven't checked it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and she, <laughs> she was also in Men in Black International. Um, is that the Hemsworth one? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, yeah. Definitely, I think at this point, best known for Dune and and uh, Mission Impossible. Um, we have a uh, Kylie Karan uh, as Abra. <laughs> a little on the nose with your character names there, Stephen. She's magic, and her name is Abra. I, I, it's a cute name, it uh, but again, it really it leans cute. into. I think it's King at this point, like making fun of himself. Hmm. That he's like, I made a magic black character and I named her Abra. And she's a little girl this time instead of being an old person. I mean, the magic black character thing at this point is is you can't win. I mean, if he didn't have a black character at all and it was just a bunch of white people, then he would get shit as well. well. I mean, mean, you're right. It's a theme of his. It's a, you know, but... It's it's one of those things that the only black characters he has are magical. Except for Dad. Who's a writer. So... You know, well, it, I mean, it's. I mean, Mike, writer is, in the movie. Mike in it is not magical in any. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. There's no magical black character well, in that. Was Mike written as a black character in the book? Absolutely. Really? The ink spot was this like that was one of the times it came out because it was the the racism and the hate and that's the, right. Okay, I do remember that. Yeah. Um, he was absolutely black. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kylie Curran. You're not. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. I, and but like I'm the, just saying, the, like the stand and the point, shining are hard. 2023, to, dude yeah. can't win. No yeah. matter. You know what I mean. Yeah. So a, a a a black girl character is a is a good choice. Yeah. Well, and just just the if your the, protagonist is a middle aged white guy, that's yeah. a good choice. And uh, it's Maine. I mean, there's not a there's not all. Oh no no no! It's, oh, this is New Hampshire. Oh, yeah. which also I'm sure there's not a lot of black folks in New Hampshire either. Everything north of Boston is all just one thing as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. As your resident New Englander, there we have black folks. <laughs> That's all right. Uh yeah. Uh Kylie Curran. Um she got her start playing Nala on as in the Lion King Broadway production. Um this is her first. This is her film debut. She's uh, currently starring in Secrets of Sulphur Springs, which is a Disney s- series about a haunted hotel. Um, yeah, and she's going to be in the upcoming Fall of the House of Usher that uh, Mike Flanagan is making. That's cool. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's young to be playing Nala. That's interesting. Oh, she's probably playing young Nala. Duh. Yeah, yeah. Um, Carl Lumbly uh, took over the role of Dick Halloran. Uh, um, he was. I uh, gotta give credit to everyone playing an actor from the show. Yeah. The, the chick who played uh, Wendy. Yeah, she even had that Judy Garland, Shelley Duvall. Oh, oh, Daddy. Yeah, oh, absolutely. The, the Mickey Mouse voice. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, oh. Well, like Judy Garland, Wizard Mouse. She had to say, "Oh, Toto." Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Mickey, but also sort of 70s Paul Lynn type comedian. 
<laughs> who, who is the actor that played uh, that played Dick? Dick Halloran was played by Carl Lumbly. Carl Lumbly. He, he has the Scatman Carruthers he, yeah. vibe. Yeah, sure. it, it definitely worked. Um, this dude has been in so many things. He's, his first film was in was Escape from Alcatraz. 1979. Wow. He was in Caveman. He's so much older than I Ringo. thought he was. Yeah. Caveman. He's in Caveman. Yeah, with Ringo. He was in Buckaroo, Bonsai. Margaret. Buckaroo Bonsai. Oh. We have to wow. do that for the show. Oh, God, I want yeah. you so bad. Uh, he was in Coming to America. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, God, yeah, this guy's worked. He's done a lot of uh, Warner Brother uh, um, uh uh, DC voice work in animated movies. Ah, that makes sense. Um, good deep voice. Al is muted. <laughs> uh, he's usually playing a Martian of some sort, not Martian Manhunter. Just a regular, like Steve the Martian. Other, other Martians. Yeah. Um, he, <laughs> I guess there would be more. He is Isaiah Bradley. In the MCU. Oh yeah, he that's was. where I recognized his face from. Holy shit! Well, they aged him up a bunch and gave him like the splotchy old man skin. Yeah. Um, I I'm disappointed that there wasn't a, a scene of him in this movie in his apartment with the like yeah so, the the soul sister poster. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, Zon McLarnon. <laughs> Zon <laughs> McLarnon? Zon McLarnon. Marklar. Marklar. Wow, that Whoa. is a name. Zon McLarnon as Crow Daddy. <laughs> well, that's his name? Yeah. He's Hobbsy in Fargo. Yeah, and he's from what's it called? He's he's big. Reservoir dog. Reser- right? Reservation dogs. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. Reservation he, dogs. Yeah. And yeah. he's he's the uh, um he's the protagonist of that one episode of Westworld where they did it all in Lakota. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He is an indigenous actor, name. obviously. If we yeah. <laughs> he was in season, two. I had no idea that was his name. I I knew he didn't have like a, an indigenous. Yeah, but Zon McLarn. But Zon McLarn. McLarnon. <laughs> McLarnan. Well, he's an Irish McLarn. He's fantastic in Fargo season two. It, that, he's he's so an incredible good. actor. Yeah. Yeah. Every he time I great. see him, he is just riveting. He is great. His even when he's being funny, yeah. he's really good. In Preservation yeah, Dogs, he's incredible. And let's not forget uh, History of the World Part Two. Uh, oh yeah. This is that his, that really worked. His <laughs> get me started. His his first role was in the American dub of My Neighbor Totoro. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Wild. Way to get break in. Yeah. Wow. Um, studio he did a they... lot, a lot of voice work in like the 90s and 2000s. Um, oh, he was in Tequila and Bonetti and an episode of Baywatch. And Murphy Brown. Wow. he did, He's been working. Dude's worked for yeah, years. He has a good a, voice. He's such a small dude with such a big presence. He's so fun to watch because uh-huh. he's he's not tall at all. And you put him on oh. on screen with a bunch of actors who are generally tall people. Um, and he just really just, you can't help but stare at him while he's on screen. I love watching him act. Yeah, he's great. Uh, but- speak, speaking of working, he was in two episodes of In Living Color. Woo, yeah. What? Good Man. for him, McLaren. 
in their hands. Um, I'm Team Zarn all the way, man. Uh, <laughs> um, Team Zarn. Zoltar. Zoltan. Yeah, exactly. Prawn. <laughs> uh, Emily Eileen Lind plays Snakebite Andy. That is not that is not Chloe Grace Moritz. No. And she's not I have questions about her, even though I read the book. <laughs> <laughs> um she uh yeah, she's gotten her start. She's probably oof. Uh I don't know what she's best known as. I guess Gossip Girl, the the Gossip Girl remake that they did. Um she's pretty she, young. I mean Yeah. The first she's thing not- she was in was her mother. And- <laughs> <laughs> she, Yeah, she's like 21 years old currently. So I thought she was from that zombie show. The like, <laughs> I, I zombie? You oh, mean that zombie show. view? That- I, I thought that was the, the gal from I zombie, but I can't tell. I don't I didn't watch it. Um, I zombie. She is not. No, she is not. Oh. Uh, she is. I zombie, therefore I am. Yeah, she she's been working since she was a little kid. She was the secret in the secret life of bees when she was like six years old. Um, <laughs> the secret life of bees. <laughs> yes, she's in the babysitter stuff. movies, not the babysitter club, but the horror film series. The yeah, movie. I think they're on Netflix. Yeah, the babysitter and the babysitter killer queen. Um, and oh, she's going to be in <laughs> the babysitter up- fight club. She's going to be in the upcoming uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, let's. Wow. With her look, I'm wondering if she's gonna be like Sigourney Weaver's like kid or something. I could see that. Um, Bruce with Gre- Vankman. Yeah, Vankman and Sigourney <laughs> Weaver's kid. That would make sense. Bruce Greenwood. Oh, didn't it, it was a it was a son in Ghostbusters too, right? It wasn't a daughter. The baby. I think you're right. It is yeah. a son. So, but um. Bruce Greenwood played Dr. John Dalton. That was the uh, guy that that gave him a job in the uh, in the Shining office. Yeah. Dr. John. Yeah, the Shining office. Yeah. Um, Which is a cool little touch. Yeah. yeah. They didn't have to do that. He, yeah, Flanagan inserts the magic window in a few different scenes, yeah. including even like he and Wendy's own apartment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like, that's a weird setup. That uh, outside window. <laughs> I yeah. Uh, Jocelyn Donahue plays Lucy Stone, Abra's mom. Cliff Just Kirk- to go back, Bruce Greenwood, you know, he's oh. worked our entire life. We've seen yeah. him. But anyways, he was in Gerald's Game, which I think Mike Flanagan oh. also did. Yeah. But he was really good in that. Check it out. It's on Netflix, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Carla Gugino, who's been in most uh, all of his projects as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, Bruce Greenwood is like been in so many things going back like three years yeah i just wanted to mention gerald he was great in this too yeah he was the captain christopher pike in the star trek reboot yeah he sure was yeah um yeah so jocelyn donahue as abra's mom um that's yeah she's she's a lot of supporting roles over the years uh cliff curtis as billy the uh, Dan's friend. <laughs> he's great. He's yeah. Uh, he was in Once Were Warriors, mm-hmm. um, New Zealand movie. He's from New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, he right. was in Training Day, which yeah, is he was. He plays, a, he yeah. plays a Chicano dude in Training Day, but he's oh yeah, he and, plays with the the uncle of the the, 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 the chick, the yeah. creepy yeah. uncle. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he was in Three Kings. 
and yes, he was. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, whale rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in just about anything big that comes out of New Zealand. Him and uh, what's her name, Rachel House, are the two biggest names besides Tamura. He was Tonawari in Avatar: The Way of Water. That's right. He's the water, the water chief. Yeah. The water chief. Okay, I did not know who Tonawari was. <laughs> hydro. I, and I saw that movie. Hydro I recognized. I recognized his, his voice and face immediately when mm-hmm. when I was watching Avatar. I was like, oh shit, it's that guy with the with the cornrows. Um, Carol uh, Stroiken played Grandpa Flick. That's uh, Lurch from the Adams Family and Adams Family Values. Yeah. Um, he's, cool that he was in this. His first role was the Sergeant Pepper Lo- Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band movie by the Bee Gees. The Bee Gees movie. Huh, who was he? He played the Brute. Oh <laughs> yeah. Um, he was in Battle for Endor. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, this. I mean, this guy. He, everyone recognizes him. He's you know. He's the only guy that looks like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't realize he was uh, the giant in Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, he was. And he was also in Big Fish, I think. Some Tim Burton movie. Mm. I think he was. Oh, no, it's a different guy in Big Fish. Oh, okay. Which is Ewan McGregor, I believe. Um, Just a quick rundown here. Alex Esso played Wendy Torrance. Uh, She was in... uh, What is she? She was in a lot of horror films. Yeah, a lot of oh, horror films. Um, uh, Jacob Tremblay played uh, Bradley, the kid that got the baseball player that got killed. Jacob Tremblay is like he's in all of Flanagan's movies, yeah, isn't he? Um, he's also the kid in the Bad Kids, yeah, right? Yes, yeah. He was he was the kid from the Book of Henry. Um, he's oh wow, he's going to be in the upcoming Toxic Avenger movie. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Wait, is he one of the kids? Uh Wanda's kids? Oh, uh he No, I don't is he? I'll think so. Let's see. Um oh, maybe. No. 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 No, he's not. Um yeah. He's not. But um yeah, he's he's like one of the he's like a very well known Gen Z kid. <laughs> um and playing the ghost of Jack Torrance, Henry Thomas. From E.T. Oh, yes. Yep. He's in all of Flanagan's stuff. Yep. He did He did a pretty good Jack. Yeah. It was all he, right. People were very upset about this. I remember after oh, the movie no came doubt. out. Of, of course, because people are stupid and upset about anything. But I thought it was great that they didn't try and deep fake or like hide his face or obscure anything. They right. just went for it, man. Just go for it. Yeah. You know? And he, he didn't do a Nicholson impression the way that like stand-up comics do a Nicholson yeah, impression yeah. He, so he kind of did his own thing but he still brought that energy well he kind yeah. of did Nicholson doing Lloyd the bartender yeah yeah, yeah. so subtle like he was well, and denying the Jack Nicholson-ness of himself the whole time too which yeah. was fun um, yeah I like that that scene wasn't in, wasn't in the book but that gave him like full license to do whatever he wanted with that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause that's like the emotional crux of the movie. I think. Absolutely. Like, that, and that it's is important. Go ahead. I was just going to say that scene is either extremely therapeutic or extremely dramatic. I'm not really certain which <laughs> it's a little bit of both, man. It's a little bit of both on the polarity of Danny and Jack and how weak of spirit and will Jack 
was yeah compared to you know like it literally took one scene with uh the bartender with lloyd for jack to be like yeah i'm yeah. back i'm off the wagon i'm all this shit. <laughs> but dan had the wherewithal the sobriety to be able to like no. well and and they both drank for a reason mm-hmm. but but one reason was justified which is like i am fucking magical and i need to not feel this magical power whereas jack was just drinking to avoid his family and responsibilities and pain. his life and his yeah, failures his and, yeah yeah, yeah. He, he drank um, like the rest of us whereas dan yeah. drank drank like you know like a jedi drinking to hide the force basically <laughs> yes or no or like booze was his fortress of solitude you know yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like superman if you can hear that many different people yeah you, yeah you'll never it's it's like obi-wan just watching luke with those binoculars the whole time well i was gonna I, say in this movie in this movie the shining is very much the force it, it has, the, yeah, it has it a is. similar kind of vibe yeah. you can sense it <laughs> yeah um so the the i so um couple small details um it's very interesting so the steam comes out when you're scared or injured um at the end of the shining because it's so cold there's a lot of steam coming out of danny's mouth as he's running around uh-huh. Oh, that's interesting. And Jack, when he dies, yeah, when he's sitting there shivering, oh, yeah, man, consider the steam aspect of that. Um, King is so clever at like drawing on things that he already did. Yeah, um, and yeah. then uh, also, um, I uh, it was I noticed a small detail. People keep calling Danny Pup through this throughout this. Just random people will be like, um, like uh, the 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 lady that was the. Uh, landlord at the for his uh, little attic apartment was like you're gonna vouch for this pup and then uh jack calls him pup later i think there's one other instant where someone else calls him pup um so um i believe rose calls um abra pup at one point too yeah yeah um i believe that jack called danny pup in the book of the shining Hmm. Um, oh um we were talking about uh we'll get there we'll get there cart before horses so um this film has 78 percent on rotten tomatoes huh that's good yeah 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 yeah. and i have a few letterboxed reviews here (laughs) shining five stars (laughs) uh um the one thing the shining was missing was a vampire subplot five stars (laughs) (laughs) hey man uh, you know after watching Flanagan's uh, movies, I or his series, I agree. Um, well, it's vampires satisfying. make anything better. You know, naturally there would be people. There, there are Siths to Jedi's. <laughs> it just makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It's comfortable well, to the mind, and it's a real-world application of the idea of what a vampire is. You know, mm-hmm. it's, this isn't a vampire movie, but they're vampires. Yeah, they are absolutely sucking, vampires. sucking yeah. your acid, sucking yeah. your wills, sucking what makes you unique. Yeah, yeah. What connects you to other human beings? Mm-hmm. I think this is better than them drinking blood too. Oh, absolutely. Oh, drinking yeah, blood is such a be... base. It's such a base thing for vampires. Where it's like this, it's like Drink... stealing life essence is magic. That's drinking disgusting. blood is so 1892. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some like <laughs> alchemy level of magic kind of shit, like. Ooh. And they had Capri Suns <laughs> blood. Yeah. Uh, Drew Toothpaste writes: An alcoholic tells a teenager she has a special gift. 
Uh, those are Justin Roiland's allegations. This I also watched this movie. <laughs> Half a star. Uh, Jesus. Uh. Um, let's see. Uh, this was basically Monsters, Inc. Five stars. Oh, my God. Andrea said that. That's exactly what she said. She's they like, even have so the canisters. Yeah, they have the canisters, the yeah. thermoses. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and uh, Kay writes, "Why did everyone dress like they were on Ink Master?" There's <laughs> 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 uh, no I, folk I like, like Carney folk. I like the character design of all the fucking weird wandering caravan people. I do, oh, yeah. yeah. Cuz they like, cuz the they designed would... themselves. That's what right. I assumed. Like they they had all this time and resources to become what they wanted to become. I love that their nicknames and are they so live that long. are so Stephen King level. It's like, "Well, you were a hat, so you're Rose the Hat." Rose the Hat. <laughs> cuz you Which have a hat. first. Jimmy the Shoe. Why Jimmy the Shoe? <laughs> you, you always got Rose shoes on. You always got <laughs> They call me Eyeball cuz I got to. You're Crow Daddy. Because you look crow like a daddy. crow. <laughs> Let's stop at Crow Daddy's for some wings. Crow Daddy is the most Stephen King name ever. <laughs> yeah, for real. Well, and the most Stephen King name to give to the uh, one native character in the Of movie. course. Absolutely. Crow Daddy. Oh, he wasn't in the book. <laughs> oh, he was in the book, but he was not indigenous in the book. I'm, no, I'm, he wasn't indigenous. That's what I meant. He I was in the book. Absolutely believe that. Me. Yeah. Uh, so that is it for the background, guys. You ready to jump into the movie? Red rum. You turn me yes, right sir. round, baby. Red <laughs> round, like a record, baby. Red rum, red rum. Well, I love that he explains Tony as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as a kid, and I did watch The Shining as a kid. Probably I should. So did I. I always pictured Tony as Tony the Tiger. <laughs> Same. Uh, a lot of time I... it was Tony dancing to me, which <laughs> always made me chuckle. <laughs> I thought of Tony the Tiger. He's the boss. Uh, so, all right, here we go. This is Dr. Sleep. We open on a Kubrickian <laughs> overhead shot of a camper, and we get the, the shining stings, the, the horns. Dun, bom, dun. Bom, 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 bom. Yeah. Wendy they, Carlos. they use the old WB logo. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The shield? Uh, no. From what? The 70s? The, yeah. Was the, the flat one. The the, flat. Oh, the same yeah. one that in the Shining. Yeah. yeah. The, the non CG one. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. A uh, little girl wanders off from her family. <laughs> we were talking I just earlier. I to say. Oh, go ahead. We were talking earlier about how inattentive parents were in the 80s. <laughs> Yeah, she just said, I'm going to pick flowers. Uh, she's the little girl, Vicky, in It Chapter 2, the oh, one who has yeah. the birthmark on her face. All right. She's in a couple Pennywise of things, eats. too. Yeah. She's, I think I think she's also in Flanagan's stuff. I think she might have played one of the daughters in Hill House. Mm. There is a little girl in Hill House that's featured. Yeah. Um, anyway. So uh, she meets a lady in a hat. <laughs> she <shows> her- <laughs> Oh, you're Rose the Hat. Okay, that checks out. <laughs> they call okay, me so Rose the Hat. I have a question about the hat. Let's just get this <laughs> off the bat. Okay. Um, <laughs> she's been around for a long time. Is that the hat that Lincoln was wearing when he was assassinated? Oh. Who was a, 
He wasn't wearing a hat. He well, was I, I'm assuming he's not. He was not wearing a hat because he's indoors. But is that Lincoln's top hat? No, I think it's too short. I think it's too yeah. short to be Lincoln's that's top not a, hat. That's not he's a also, stovepipe hat. Oh, that's true. That's true. He, and he's he's a big man, so his head would be too big. But that was my thought. Was like she's old mm. enough to have gathered things. Thinking I'm of the 9/11 sure, weird connection. I'm sure in the book it's some sort of historical hat, but I don't know which one it is and I'm not going to I don't up. remember. Again, I don't remember, you know, It's my a very memory. special it's, hat. But I don't think it's Chester A. Arthur's <laughs> hat as a matter of fact. That's yeah. uh, that's the hat of Alexander the Great. Uh, <laughs> that was his hat. Uh, he, he wore that when he tried to conquer Asia. I thought it was thought Jesus, it was lost. The hat the, of Simon I thought, it, I thought it was the hat that Jesus pulled the fish and loaves out of. <laughs> <laughs> I love that in your mind that happened with a hat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jesus, the close-up magician. It's like, no, no, they're like handkerchiefs. The fish and loaves are connected, and he keeps pulling them out in one long string. <laughs> <laughs> his mom's like there's not enough wine at this wedding <laughs> she's just like all right let me get my tuxedo <laughs> um, uh, so anyways the little girl dies because the lady in the hat and her friends are psychic vampires i love the the <sighs> setup for this this is really scary without them doing anything scary the people in the distance this the leaves snap yeah, yeah. the girl being yeah. like She's like, oh, those are just my friends. And then you see more of them. And then more I was of gonna them. I going to say, every time the little girl turns and turns back, there's more and they're closer. Yeah. And that's creepy. And, and they're not doing anything. It's just so That's what's he's, creepy. He's so good at setting up things that are, are relatively like harmless to be like, oh, fuck, I should be a little unsettled by this. Yeah. Right. It confuses your fight or, or flight. You know, a, someone running at you, your brain immediately registers that yeah. as a threat. But just like your brain doesn't know what to do. They're not doing anything. Why it, am I threatened? This so is very threatening. It reminds me of the hedge mazes. Or not the hedge mazes. The hedge animals in The Shining. Mm-hmm. Anytime in The Shining, Topier. Danny looks at them, uh, they're not moving. And then he looks away, and they're closer. Mm. Yeah. And and that that's one of the most like visceral moments I've ever had reading a book. Was that memory of that? But that's what that reminded me of. And I'm pretty sure that Flanagan was like, oh, how do I bring that thing that was missing from the movie into mm. this? And he did it with people instead. Anyways. Um, we cut to Danny Torrance riding his big wheel in the Overlook Hotel. Um, it's 1980, by the way. I forgot. We got a title card. It's 1980. Um, he stops at room 237, and we get our first sexy old crone sighting. Yep. Yes. And again, the door opens, and the sexy old crone comes to him in the hallway. Yeah, he does not go in to the room. Right. Which, yeah, knocks down the, like, he went in and uh, Jack went in after him. Yeah. Not that it knocks it down. I mean, the first movie's obvious, but this movie is doing a lot. Of um, it, it, it's, I think it subtly helped the idea that, like, these entities can be outside. The, the Shining made them all very trapped in the Overlook Hotel, yeah. but then... You know, they're obvious because the sexy old crone kind of follows Danny, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. they needed they needed a vehicle to leave. Well, with. they yeah. They, they, That's what I mean. They, yeah. what, what they kind of say in the end is that because the hotel got shut down, they got, became very hungry. So they started reaching out from beyond the hotel, whereas before they had enough yep. people coming into the hotel that they got fed. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, he wakes up. Uh, I guess that was a dream flashback. It's after the events of the hotel. He goes to the bathroom. Sexy old Crohn's in the bathtub. He pees himself. Wendy finds him. We learn that Danny hasn't spoken since the hotel incident. Um, and um, uh, when he's trying to go to the bathroom and you see in the Crohn, that's that's where there's that weird hallway mm-hmm. that looks like the magic room in it's the office. The, it's got the yeah. window up above. Yeah. Yes. With all the greenery. Mm-hmm. It's not impossible, but it, it just harkens to that. Yeah. Um, so uh, later at the beach, Dick Halloran shows up. The ghost of Dick Halloran shows up to talk to Danny. He uh, tells him that he can capture oh. the ghosts of the Overlook. Dick was from Florida. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't think of that. Shit, Josh. Miami. Yeah. In case you didn't know it. (laughs) That's interesting. I I love that they just set him up sitting on the bench with Dick. Yeah. Instead of him going out and wandering off and then sitting down. Like, it's confusing. It's a little jarring. Mm -hmm. But Flanagan does it several times where, yeah, like there's shining communication, but the person's in the room. Yeah. As if, you know what I mean? It worked. But yeah, sitting on the bench with him. That, mm. Yeah. So uh, he teaches him to capture the ghosts of the Overlook and put them in little boxes in his brain. Brain boxes. Made of ticky tack. Yeah. This reminded me of uh, Jesse's box and Breaking Bad. I was oh, wish that okay. I had Jesse's box. But where yes. it was, that was how he survived his, his imprisonment. You know, but like him thinking right. about the, every grain and the smell of the box and being intimately familiar with it. Yeah, that's right. that's like a it's like the mind palace idea that we get to later in the movie. But like, mm-hmm. it's such an interesting thing to give you such a small focus to rescue yourself with. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's a common psychological like you know it's it's not invented. Yeah, people people do that, especially childhood abuse trauma and such yeah you, you, you need, have to you, compartmentalize you need yeah. a place to put those things so they're not wandering yeah. Yeah. free literally uh-huh. compartmentalizing yeah it's a it's a real technique yeah uh so later that night he puts the sexy old crone in a box justin timberlake would go on to put something else in a box <laughs> i also see in the box yeah um and he begins talking again He's watching uh, uh, Looney Tunes with uh, Wendy. I also I love that. that he just talks. Yeah. He just immediately talks. And Wendy doesn't do what I would expect Wendy to do, which is <laughs> yeah. freak out. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, my God, you're talking. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> she just was that- like, like a good parent. Like, oh, hey, cool. Say nothing. You're going to freak him out again. Yeah. Uh, Once Dick helped him. Put those things in the right places. He could talk again. You, you know, <laughs> it's cool. It's nice that he never did have to put Dick in a box. <laughs> there it is. Even there even it is. You, you were so close. Brought it so full long. circle. I didn't think. Even of though it the he, first almost time. he almost did. He almost did. He almost did. Yeah. Um, we cut to 2011. Almost did. Yeah. Danny's become an alcoholic to suppress his shining. He gets in a bar fight, has a coke and booze-fueled night with a single mom, steals her money, and runs away. Uh, well, and the bar fight's not a, a superfluous bar fight. It seems like he was standing up for somebody. Mm. Her. Because she was yeah. so turned on. Like, when she straddles him, uh, his lap, she's like, I can't remember what she said. But she's reimagining the fight. Like, I, you I, really did you kill totally, him? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Turned her off. Yeah. One of those girls. Uh, yep. Uh, then we meet uh, Andy. Snakebite Andy. She's a young girl with shining powers. She's been. Um, I'm sorry. I think it's important to say that the chick he was with, he wakes up and leaves her passed out. She has some vomit, so she may have already asphyxiated. Mm. Then she has a toddler that he puts in the bed. They come back. They, they come back in the, you know, like the cadre of uh, ghosts yeah. that are haunting him. Yeah. Yeah. So he leaves the kid there on the bed with her passed out, steals her money. Just some real shitty stuff. Yeah, super shitty. Makes Jack look good. Nice. Yeah. Um, so we meet Snakebite Andy. She's a young girl with shining powers. She's been meeting pedophiles, marking them with a snake bite mark on their faces. Uh, badass. Yeah. Uh Rose the Hat. And Crow Daddy find her. <laughs> I don't know if I can be able to say. They're also headlining Bonnaroo this year. Rose the Hat, Crow Daddy, and Snakebite Andy. <laughs> it's like a bunch of alt bluegrass. Rose the yeah. Hat, along with um, uh, along with a uh, Mott the Hoople and Toad the West Sprocket. <laughs> and Portugal the Man. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyways, they kidnap her. <laughs> um, anyways, so they just sort oh, of she, her. she they don't kidnap. Wait, no, they do. They Sorry. do kidnap her. Yeah. At, at, yeah. She at put the beginning. Rose Rose puts her to sleep. That's right. Yeah. It's a real light kidnapping. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's not aggravated. It's you know, they they committed some light kidnapping. <laughs> like we took her, she woke up, it's very comfy. It's not I, like later on when they kidnapped the baseball kid in a literal kidnap van with no windows. <laughs> I have so many questions about that kid. But oh um, god, yeah. Does she um so she can eat the steam? So well, anyone can? You just gotta get into it. I guess anyone, I, I think anyone that can, with the shining, can eat the steam because they can see the steam. That's. I see. So that's her shining that. ability. But also yeah. they did a thing to her before she ate the steam. Like she did some magic head thing. Oh, right. They did a little. Yeah. Yeah. So they induct her into their gang of psychic vampires. <laughs> when you're a jet, you're a jet. <laughs> also, I noticed Fox News. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'll live long and prosper. Um, they consume the steam, which is the psychic essence of those with the shining that escapes when they're afraid or dying. They keep it in a thermos they when they're not it in a thermos, <laughs> <laughs> like soup, like soup. <laughs> uh, we cut to a little girl's birthday party. We meet five-year-old Abra Stone. She has the shining too, <laughs> and a very uh, mid uh, a magician at her party. Yeah, at her princess party. Yeah, um, yeah. She does some Yuri Geller type uh, showing up. Yeah, it's all about spoons. <laughs> I, playing the spoon ants. This the spoons on the ceiling reminded me of Poltergeist mm. with all the stacked furniture. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, and and just the the mom staring up the whole time while the dad's looking at the the counters being a little weirded uh-huh. out. I love yep. that like that just they're tricking us as the viewer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and it's all forks on the floor and all spoons up. But yeah, he walks in like any dad would like, what the fuck? What's yeah. going on? Who made this mess? <laughs> yes. No, no need to look up. The bullshit's not on the floor. Also, that house is big enough. They definitely have like wait staff. I love that the dad's a that writer, house. Stephen King, <laughs> and who, who is very rich. Very rich. That very house is insultingly writer. large. Who for three lives people. in New England? Steve <laughs> writes what he knows. Self. There's like a family time. of eight who's like he outbid us. <laughs> he didn't get the house. Uh, yeah. So when when uh, Abra did the spoon thing, the spoon ceiling thing. Um, Danny and Rose both sense it from far away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She casts a long shadow. Yeah. She's, yeah. She has big, big shining. She's like Anakin Skywalker of the shining. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> well, uh, she is. She is. Food ceiling thing. Band oh. called it. Is, was Jack the chosen one? Yeah, that's right. In the book, she is. Yeah. You could just give people the shinning. <laughs> uh, so, um, meanwhile, Dan's hit rock bottom. He wakes up under an underpass. Um, <laughs> he uh, gets a psychic message to go to a small New Hampshire town, gets off the bus, and immediately gets a job. That's some white male privilege. That is. <laughs> You're a white well, man. Would you like a job? I think it's The Shining. Yeah, I think more than anything, I think that he sees him and he's like, I, "You look, you look like you need work." You look, yeah. Work. Billy, Billy shines too, yeah. just not to the same extent. He's just a he's, little bit. He's got a little shining. He, his story later. But then there's also the alcoholic in recovery. You know, we can kind of. Mm. You can tell. He can. He can. <laughs> yeah, you can see it. You know. You know that look of somebody who has not had a drink for a day or two, at least. Yeah. Um, the, uh, model, the, the model of the town in the park, that is such a Stephen Kingy thing. Well, yeah. and an allusion to the, the Jack looking over the maze, yep. the miniature yes. version of the maze. Yep. Right. That um, shot of him walking up to it too yeah. was really cool. Mm. It's confusing. You're like, oh, that's the same place. What is he walking up to? I, this movie does a great job of introducing a shot that is confusing at first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Constantly. Yeah, it, it's it's um, Mike Mike Flanagan's um, visual style is very interesting because he obviously he quotes Kubrick throughout, but then he has his own style in most of the film, which is not even a little Kubrickian, but very distinct and interesting. Yeah, yeah, and well, and when the Kubrickian moments happen, they're obvious. Yeah, it's so like, but without it being like uh, cheesy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Like tracking shots and everything throughout the, the uh, throughout the hotel are all yeah. like shot for shot. Exactly how. Exactly. I mean, he literally recreates Danny going through the hotel on a big wheel. Like, yeah, um, the the shot of going down the river, the helicopter shot. Like, yeah, <laughs> like like just quotes him straight out. Um, That's the original shot. I have so many questions about that part of the movie. We will get there later. Yeah. But. Yeah. So, um, Billy, yeah, Billy takes a liking to Danny, being an ex-alcoholic himself, gets him a job and a place to stay. It's an attic apartment with a very grumpy landlady and a chalkboard wall. Eighty-five bucks a week for a loft? Hell yeah! Sign me up. 
Yeah. In beautiful downtown New Hampshire. <laughs> that New Hampshire is just one town. It's one town. Um, he uh, begins attending Alcoholics Anonymous meetings with Billy. There he helps a hospice doctor find his watch using the shadow. That was a weird, that was a weird moment. This is one of those moments where I'm like, why did you tell him this? It's a watch, yeah. dude. Just let it go. It was weird. It's a watch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, you're, it, it's, it's like Obi-Wan trying to help all those people. Yeah. Without <laughs> using the force. It's like, dude, you're going to give yourself away, man. Yeah. Aren't you trying to hide this thing? The doctor should have been like, You've got the shining. You're Danny Torrance from Colorado. You no, you stole my doctor. watch. I'm <laughs> yes. calling the police. You totally stole my watch. Uh, <laughs> Who's anonymous this, now? <laughs> yeah, this drunk vagrant came into my town and stole my watch, and then rubbed my face in it. That's how it, it was a out. drifter. <laughs> but no, he's yeah, he's the town doctor. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Stephen <laughs> King watches the punch. town doctor. Yeah, I'm um, so. Yeah, but no, no, no. We're, we're all white men, so he gets a job instead. I love he's at the meeting. He's like, I delivered half of these people, but you didn't intervene in their terrible alcoholism. <laughs> I just watched them. Yeah. We all got drunk around here. I delivered I'm half, here to pick them up. I delivered half these fall. people, but I'm 65, and some of them are in their 50s. So how long have I been practicing <laughs> medicine? What do you mean? I think it's the other half. He works for the post office. <laughs> That was Doogie Hauser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bruce Springwood is Doogie Hauser. Yeah. So uh, well, what- when he offers him the job, I don't know why I love this line, uh, but the doctor says, did I, because he wants to bring him on as an orderly part time, uh, three days a week at the hospice. And hospice asks, yeah. um, do dying people bother you? And Danny responds with, no, we're all dying. The world is one big hospice with fresh air. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. You're not busy being born. That's but. that's such a perfect description of reality. Yeah. Yeah. From the moment. I mean, it's yeah. macabre, but from the moment we're born, we've been Yep. <laughs> so on that note, uh, <laughs> I think it's a, it's important to the. It is. It is. Um, on that note, he uh, <laughs> do dead people bother you? No, they're dead. <laughs> yeah. How could they bother yeah. me? <laughs> If they did, that'd freak me out, man. They they just keep calling your phone and hanging up. Most of them mind their own business. Yeah, they're dead. They're dead. Sometimes they ask for change, but we're in a mostly <laughs> cash-free society now, so it's not working out for them. I know it's so. Uh, so yeah, uh, one night he uses his shining to comfort a dying patient, along with the help of a psychic cat. Um, that's a thing, though. Yeah, you've read about it before. That's right? Stephen, yeah, that's in, totally in many Stephen King books. I've read about it. Well, I've read about it in anecdotal, real life type stuff, sure. or you know, animals just seem to know. Yeah, family pets know. Yeah, family pets been, know when other pets are going to die too. Yeah, it's uh, been theorized, and there's been some work on it that the dogs can smell tumors, can smell cancer. Yeah, there was. Oh, I mean, there was like a high level of accuracy. There's like people. There's dogs that can smell like lymphoma and stuff. There was a lady yeah. that could do that a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lady. Um, so, <laughs> a human or or a woman? Eh, one or the other. Um, so he he gets nicknamed Doctor Sleep by the uh, patients. After work, he goes home to find a psychic message on his chalkboard wall. He writes back, and we see it's Abra, 
the little girl with the psychic powers he's talking to. So they call him Doc. They've always called him Doc. Yes. Um, Tony is him in the future. Doc is also him in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting. But he even says Tony was um, just the name he gave to the voice of The Shining. Like the voice that speaks to you. He just called it Tony. Everybody has it. Canonically, it was himself in the future, right? That was communicating Mm -hmm. with, with Danny in the the actual Overlook Hotel in the first book. Is that yeah. is that is that explicitly said in the film? Is no, no, no. In the in the book itself. I think uh, in the first book it was it was implied that he was communicating with himself as a child so that he would survive. Okay. Basically. Oh yeah. Which is weird because it's like a causal time loop kind of thing. Like you need to do these things to survive. And if you don't, I'll die. Like what? <laughs> I'm gonna fade out of a photograph. As yeah, I'm teaching this? Chuck Berry rock and roll. <laughs> Back to the future. <laughs> it's not how it works. Um, yeah, we cut to 2019. Dan's eight years sober. He's still doing the doctor sleep thing with the same old cat. Uh, he's communicating with Abra through the chalkboard wall. We see that Abra is now a teenager. He's been clean this whole time. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, he, he found purpose. Yeah. And. Uh, he found connection with his father. Yes. Yeah. Through through yeah. this process, he, the speech he delivers at the at his eight year meeting. Um, he always knew him as an angry person, but now he knows him because at one point, Jack Torrance got his five month chip mm. um, and stood up there, and you know. To think, not that that was explicit in the the previous film, but yeah, yeah, he's I don't know understanding his father better, right? Having gone through this alcoholic process, yeah, and accepting The Shining as a possibly positive, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. If he continued to be drunk, he wouldn't be able to be Doctor Sleep and help these people because it would be so dulled. So he. Found literally found purpose in that. Like I can use this for good. Mm-hmm. Um. So meanwhile, we check back in with the True Knots. They are not doing so good. Uh, steams become increasingly rare due to the internet and antidepressants. <laughs> Some Scientology shit. Right there. Yeah. Uh. The uh, Crow Daddy has been scouting for a child with the shine. He has a lead on a kid in Iowa. In the meantime, the True Knots have to consume some old thermos steam. <laughs> old leftovers. Steam. Yeah, leftovers. Uh, they find the kid. He's a baseball player. And then after the baseball game, he's walking home alone on yes. a creepy corn right. road. And he's like one of the star players. So much so that two, I don't know if one was related, I'm assuming not, but like two adults in the stands are like, oh, he's going to be picked up by a scout. Oh, yeah. he's so, But yes, he wins the big game. Obviously, no one related to him attended this game. Nobody. Because <laughs> yeah, he's, he's walking home, home at dusk. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. On His a, parents are at home drunk. On a completely yep. abandoned road. They are. Like, and the True Knots pull up in a classic molester van white panel van <laughs> no windows in the back and a whole caravan of weirdness yeah classic 
And apparently nobody told this kid about stranger danger because he should have just ran into the field. It didn't have free candy painted on the side, so he wasn't suspicious (laughs) at all. It was uh, (laughs) Snake snake by Andy uh, just pushed him immediately because yeah. yeah, that's what they called her. I don't know if we referenced that already, that, that she's a pusher. Oh, we um, didn't say she was a pusher, but yeah. Pusher man. So just immediately is like, you trust me. Yeah. You're going to get in the van. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I would have been in that cornfield as soon as they were slowing down. Yeah, no, I see a <laughs> white like, panel I van. This. I see a white panel van pulling up on me. I'm out of there. <laughs> or like 10 vehicles. Just be like, nah, they don't need directions. I'm running. Um, so, uh, yeah, they kidnap him. They take him to an abandoned ethanol place. plant. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, torture him to death for the steam. Uh, Abra can see what they're doing through her shine. Rose senses Abra watching. And Rose indicates, maybe they had already said it, I don't know, but like the more that they hurt a kid, the better the steam. Yeah. It's not just Oh, fear. yeah. She said explicitly this in this scene, pain purifies the steam. Yeah. And later so on... It's not like Pennywise where it's just the fear. Like, they literally torture to get it better. Yeah. And she, she, she later on says that adult steam isn't as good, which is why they go after kids. Yeah. Um, so she, uh, Abra telepathically alerts Dan about the murder by scratching the word murder in the chalkboard. We get the red rum, uh, mirror shot here. Exploding the word murder into the chalkboard. Seen as how the, uh, landlady was so insistent that he not make trouble. I think she's going to be a little mad about the murder board. Yeah, but for eight years, he... Did it from her? <laughs> she was like, that's it. 85 bucks a month is gone, buddy. You're out of here. Oh, I guess it was 85 bucks a week. Eight years. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think he comes back really after that to his place. No, he's there a few times. There's a, does he show back? Or, well, yeah, I, once, once or twice. He does go back. Because he doesn't go oh, on the okay. road. Yeah, he doesn't go on the road trip for a little while yet. There's at least a few days here. Um, so the next morning, we uh, follow Abra to school. Uh, she downplays her powers to her mom at school. She reads people's minds. They consider her a freak, a weirdo. This is okay. So this is the section that my Gen Z child was like, okay, this is all ridiculous. No one thinks like that. No one's like, Ooh, freak weirdo. You don't fit in anymore. He was like, and she printed out something from the internet. She printed it out. She didn't just look it up on her phone. That's great. Oh my God. Oh wow. I feel old. Those are all <laughs> such real things. Cause like nobody does that anymore. That's yeah. not how kids treat each other at school. They bully each other in more subtle, nefarious ways. Yeah. She would not have you, gone. You call somebody a freak. You're getting suspended. Young man. Mm-hmm. She would not have. Yeah. And you like, she would not have gone to a school computer and looked it up. She would have just been on her phone in her bed, looking it up. Yeah. It's true. Um, so, yeah, Stephen King bullies have stayed the same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Stephen King bullies are still their classic 80s bullies. Yeah, still. That's the way he thinks it's like. Yeah. Um, Greasers and socius. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, she finds out the info about the murdered kid on the Internet. She goes home. 
uses her powers to find where the kid's buried. She falls asleep while she's asleep. She contacts Rose. Um, Rose tries to get into her head, and she pushes her out. That's um, Then later on, um, Rose goes into her mind again and gets injured by a trap that Abra set with her uh, files. And then Abra goes into Rose's brain. Um, Rose finally escapes, but ends up actually being physically injured. Um, she sends the other members of the True Knot out to uh, find Abra. The, I feel like you jumped over a lot there. I mean, it's like 30 minutes of stuff, but it's all, it boils down to that. Um, but Abra ditches school. She takes the bus to Frazier. Oh, this is after is that. She, wait. She said, she, she the, the, this, okay. all of this happens before she even goes to meet Dan. Well, I, I felt like, uh, so when. There was some cutting when, back and forth that I kind of put into one block. There was a lot okay. of cutting back and forth where time there was is. there was the grocery store scene. Um I thought that was before um I thought that was before meeting Danny. Anyway. It it, it yeah. But oh and then the then the mind palace thing was after meeting Danny? Yes. Okay. That's yeah, it's fine. I don't know. I condense some of my notes sometimes, Al, instead of literally describing every single shot of the movie. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I mean, Abra skips school. This is the other part where Jude was like, well, they're just going to call her mom. They're going to actually, they're, or they're going to send her a text because you can sign up for text alerts from when your kid doesn't show up for school. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what are you, a narc? Not in New Hampshire. They stick it in the mail. Yeah. And they, or they print it off the internet and then put it in the mail. <laughs> and then mail it. Yeah. And mail it via horse-drawn carriage. Yeah. Via seagull. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she visits Dan in New Hampshire, the town of New Hampshire, and tells him about the true knot. Tries to convince him to go to Iowa to dig up Billy so his parents can have closure and they can use his baseball mitt to find the true knot because the true knot was playing with his baseball mitt. Um, I really like that she knows that she's a bloodhound, that she is wired to be a bloodhound. She's like, if you get me that glove, I should be able to find him. Mm-hmm. That's That to me was so much like agency for a young character in a movie. They're not like, bro, you have the power. Maybe if we get you the glove. You can find him. No, Maybe she innately love, understands can, the shining. She, she yeah. gets it. She's like, uh-huh. I have this power. I've had it since I was a kid. I've been refining it over time. I've been practicing. I've been hiding yeah. it. It's like, not something she wants to dull or mute. She's mm-hmm. she is very much like world's best detective with her powers. Yeah. Kind and, of thing. You and, know. And Danny tells her, like, don't use it. Don't use your shining. Hide it. Like right. tuck it away. And she's she doesn't buy into that for a second. So anyways, yeah, I just very started Obi-Wan blasting. again. Yeah. Like, she, don't use it. Don't let anyone know. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how similar this is to his character in Obi-Wan. Uh, the force. The, the, television the shining series. is kind of the force yeah. in this. Yeah, it but yeah, like very similar to his his Obi-Wan series level yeah, of Obi-Wan. The revisiting yeah, it right. where it's like he's 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 troubled by his past. He mm-hmm. has a power that he's hiding. 
Well, um, and that like the Jedi hunt themselves kind of thing. Like if you yeah. put someone in danger, they can't help but out themselves. So that's what he He's telling Abra, you know, like you start saving people and you're just going to be a beacon, essentially. Right. So this, okay, this is the point, I think, is this where um, then he sees the dead lady he had sex with and the dead kid and that's what convinces him to actually go to wake up Billy and go to Iowa? Uh, The dead kid was what inspired him to go talk to Billy and go to AA. And go to, oh, go to AA. That's right. That was much earlier. Okay. Um, but anyways, at this like, so basically, he decides that he's going to go ahead and help Abra. He wakes up Billy, and Billy's like, "You're psychic, and we're going to Iowa. Get in the car." Hell yeah! You're psychic, um, and we're going to Iowa. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> this was the point in the movie. This is when uh, Dick last showed up. That's Dick, Dick is Dick what Halloran. convinced is what convinced him to start. That's right. He hadn't. Uh, he hadn't talked to Dick in like eight years or something like that uh, or more. Well, you you got to talk to Dick him. every day just to encourage him. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Give up Dick. Uh, uh, asks, how, long, how long has it been? Time is weird on his side of things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he's very defensive now. So like Al said earlier, he almost locked Dick in a box. <laughs> well, uh, and he's like a hair trigger paranoid about all of the ghosts still. It's yes. interesting that he still has that paranoia of like, fuck, I got to let's trap it, get the box. He's afraid of them eating him. Yeah. Yep. So like, most of them were already trapped at this point. So he sees uh, when he sees ghost dick. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> he's, he's very quick to open a new box. <laughs> Aren't we all? Un- unboxing. A dick unboxing. (laughs) Damn it, it's a dick again. (laughs) So anyways, they go to Iowa and dick up Billy. Um, And so this is, I I did wonder, like, so I I guess they could have made an anonymous call. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like the FBI would like, uh, now, how do you know where this child's corpse is? They're like, don't worry, we took a glove with us. <laughs> Wait, fine, bye. <laughs> well, no, come back. Well, and I'm, yeah, I mean, disturbing a crime scene and then leaving. There's a lot of, like, I'm sure, not to say that I want to see that movie, but, like, imagine being crime, like, uh, CSI, solving detective. Yeah. Like, being like, so your husband was murdered and your daughter was kidnapped and then she called and said, I love you. Okay, let's track that car. It's driving to Colorado. They find her at a hotel in Colorado alone with the hotel burning to the fucking ground. Yeah. Like, uh, there's, there's a weird... It's, it's like The Shining. Like, what happened when they found Jack's body? Mm-hmm. You know, what did they do after Wendy and Danny came down off the mountain? They're like, oh, well, we'll just never go back there again. <laughs> or did somebody go up there and, like, put Jack's body into a bag and buried it in a hole somewhere? Well, I like... So they say they shut the hotel down after the events of The Shining. Which is funny because they were like, okay, I guess that's one murder too many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah to shut exactly. it down now. <laughs> I've had all I can stand. All the other murders we could overlook, yeah. but this last we swept one. Those, we literally swept those, overlook. Twins, those twins' bodies uh, under the carpet <laughs> in yeah. that hallway. And it wasn't even technically a murder. Actually, Jack didn't actually get to murder anybody. <laughs> yeah, no, he no. Want, try as he might. So this is so all of those actual murders were fine, but this last attempted murder. 
<laughs> That's it. Close it down. Well, they knew Wendy would talk. Mm. Yeah, it was probably <laughs> and her And they tales. knew she'd talk like this. <laughs> yeah, if she gets on TV and talks about that shit, everybody's going to get a headache. <laughs> Disney will sue us. Um, so, anyways, uh, they bring Billy's uh, mitt back <laughs> and... <laughs> Brad's Brad's Smith. Brad Smith. Yeah, Billy and Dan bring Billy Brad Brad Smith (laughs) to Abra, and her dad's immediate like, "This is the adult man you've been talking to. What the fuck?" I love that this is what happened though. He's like, "You got to show." Just like he said, "You have to show your family because they are coming for you. They have to know." And she tells him, Mm -hmm. so he he knows your uncle Dan, and he says to her, "I told you to show him." I told him. He said, That's yeah, yeah, a- to show him. So she does. And fuck, it rips his brain apart immediately. Yeah. He responds how I would respond if somebody showed me that terrible child murder in my brain. Because mm-hmm. that scene of him being murdered was so terrible. Oh, my God. That was awful. So yeah. I, I was thinking because uh, my, my friend does not like horror movies. And I was like, well, she likes Ewan McGregor a lot. She might like <laughs> this. And we got to that sequence and I went, nope. I don't want a crying person in my house. Mm-hmm. This movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, yeah. So then the dad believes him. Um, the mom is off with her dying, her dying mother, the Abra's grandmother, who is in hospice dying. Um, Jude pointed out like that lady had the worst day ever. Her her mother died. She comes home to find her husband dead and her daughter's been kidnapped. Like, her husband fuck. murdered. Yeah. Yeah. Like that worst day ever. <laughs> like this chick in the very bad, terrible, horrible day. Right. And then after all of this, she's just like hanging out like her like, like we we cut to like after everything's been resolved, she's just fine and like, hey Abra, have a good night. <laughs> it's like, no. This is not how this woman's yeah. life is she going. Should have, husband's she should have bags under her eyes. She should be weeping after she leaves the room. She, she should, should be drinking heavily. Yeah. Like Instead of just like, everything's fine now, and I've connected to my daughter over her psychic powers. Yeah, where's fact, our Stephen Danny King ending? Takes, Danny takes the death of these two strangers harder than this woman takes the death of her. Her mother I mean? and yeah. husband on the same day. Right. That's some uh, Teddy Roosevelt shit. Yeah. So, uh, Ambershinder. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, maybe. Be like, you're not sad. Like, oh, my yeah. God. These are not the grief you're looking for. All is not well. The grief you're looking for. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi, grief counselor. <laughs> they also have a Scientology type attitude. Just oh, like, my God. It's in your head. Well, grief counselor, fish, uh, fish butcher. <laughs> he does it a lot of extra jobs. <laughs> he on the does side. it all. He does it all. Fishmonger, therapy. He's just every Kid- mark that he's ordered. kidnapper of orphans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like and and children with parents at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter that she wants to go. He's kidnapping yeah. that girl. Can you steal an orphan, or are they just up for grab? <laughs> <laughs> free kid take a le- take a penny leave a penny free kid. i've got news yeah. for you kids ain't free <laughs> ever no ever uh so all right <laughs> yeah 
I've, I've managed to be childless, like intentionally. I can't imagine stealing somebody else's. <laughs> I know. I got enough. I got enough trouble with my own. <laughs> anyway, so uh, they set a trap. They lure the true knot uh, that went after Abra out into the woods. We but, get Billy's story about the deer. Mm. He's telling him about the deer. That's why he gets the idea. Oh, yeah. He's that, like, that was back when they were digging the kid up. It's just like, that's what I smell now. The That dead deer. That's the yes. same smell. Yeah. That setup is so great, too. Because he's because ex- he the first thing that he says before they go on the adventure, try your hardest to believe what I tell. That's such a great setup for that. But then they are they've they've driven across the country. They're digging a fucking shallow grave to find a kid's body and he's telling the story and you're thinking like does he have the shining no he's just talking about the fucking smell mm-hmm. but that plants the idea of wait you still have those hunting rifles i love that the solution to magic is bullets harry Potter, <laughs> listen up just just harry like Potter, in our up. universe that was yep. awesome i cannot believe they just shot them all they just yep awesome they drew them in and I mean, realistically, they got higher elevation. They're hidden from the trees. They're all armed with handguns and shit. So you'd say he has the high ground? (laughs) He literally has the high ground. Oh, my God, Josh. (laughs) Yeah, so so they lure the true knot into the woods and just shoot him. They just fucking kill him. Just fucking kill him. Like a bunch of child predators. They they have to basically double tap every one of them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they do. Because they're not alive. They're um, not really human. The last one they get is a uh, snake bite. What's her name? Snake bite. Uh, Andy. Andy. Snake bite Andy. Tony. Yeah, snake bite Andy, who manages to push Billy to kill himself before uh, she finally dies. Um, but the crow isn't there. He shows up at Abra's house and kidnaps her. <laughs> He's or, in the city of angels. Yeah, I'm sorry. Crow. Crow daddy isn't there. Crow There's, daddy. There's th- there were elements of this that I loved. The fact that she's like one of them is missing. She's been watching and counting their mm-hmm. kills. She yeah. is overwatch for these guys. Yeah, she's literally uh-huh. giving them information psychically from across the country. And because she's so yeah. focused, she she doesn't realize that her father was just murdered downstairs. Yep, and that the crow daddy is in her room. Also, it's I think the his crow power. Daddy's in the room. <laughs> I think his power, because they all have different powers. Uh, Rose the Hat says, like, we haven't seen a pusher in a long time. Mm-hmm. Ooh, a pusher with that kind of power. Well, and, yeah, Andy's, yeah, that's right. And and some of them pull, and Andy is like a sleep person, or she's like, has the power of influence or whatever. But I think Crow Daddy's power is to sneak. I think he is a spy. Uh, like a little uh, sneaky guy. Healthy character. Yeah. Because he winds up doing that. He does that more than once, right? Where he's somewhere that you didn't expect him. Yeah. Or like he surprises Rose <laughs> under the point. table. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a he's a sneaky crow daddy. Well, he's and, a, but also he's a, I didn't expect you. Also, he's a crow that collects shiny things. He goes out and finds the shiny, <laughs> the shining kids with the shining. Oh, oh shit! Yeah. Throw, damn. Yeah, he's a he's a scout. He he was the one who was uh, who scattered out Brad in Iowa. Um, he, <laughs> Which, he's a find. Well, and, he's a finder, and that's why he found, he found the pusher. He found her. Yeah, and he knows. Yeah, he about, found uh, Andy the pusher. Uh, but that's how he, he finds about, her, even though they've set a trap. He knows their history and stuff too. It's interesting because the whole tracker trope being native 
Mm, yeah, of course. Come on, Stephen King. <laughs> I don't think that Stephen King made that character native in the book, though, right? Crow Daddy didn't exist. No, I don't believe so. Well, Crow so. Daddy existed, but I, I, I don't think he was indigenous. Oh, in yeah, the character existed. No. <laughs> Nobody comes I, up with I, a character sure. named Crow Daddy except for Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why it sounds like a theme restaurant, like a Bubba Gump. <laughs> Crow Daddy. I don't know why. <laughs> So, I mean, crawdaddy would be like a, yeah, like crawfish restaurant. Yeah. That must be what it is. Crawdaddy. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I'd want to eat crow. Mm-mm. Nobody crow. does. They like eat human trash. Like, yeah. it's like eating pigeon. Uh, so, uh, crawdaddy. You know, like a chain of like cheesy motorcycle, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, like the Harley Davidson restaurant, like crawdaddy. Yeah. Absolutely. Where it doesn't make sense. You cannot associate it. Yeah. It's Absolutely. like a really racist Native American themed restaurant owned by white people. Yes. Oh God. Where uh, they make like the 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 wait staff wear headdresses and shit. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's the America Trump wants to bring back. Uh-uh. I've been trying to open Absolutely this family is. restaurant for twenty years. Racist themed restaurants. Yeah. Do you did you guys know that like over the weekend at a rally he brought up Hannibal Lecter? He thought he was talking about Anthony Hopkins and he was even babbling about that shit. He's like, no. And he was like, would you rather? He was talking about whether he'd rather be hanged or electrocuted. Oh, that was amazing. Well, no, no, it wasn't whether or not he'd be hanged or electrocuted. He was talking about whether or not he'd want to, no, he'd want to die in an electric boat by electrocution. Oh. Because the batteries are electric. (laughs) He was talking, he was talking about how, um, Asylum seekers, they're all uh, mental patients. That's why they're coming here, because there aren't enough room in their asylums. Yeah, they're trying to find a new asylum. Yep. I don't know. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's what he, yeah, he was taking, somebody said asylum to him. That's what he thought. I will never not be upset that people took this man seriously and took away what could have been a very entertaining sideshow for years by turning it into something dangerous. Yep. Yeah, Trump TV would have been way more entertaining than reality. Could have been entertaining, they're, harmless, and silly instead. Mm. They're seeking asylum. Oh, you mean like Arkham? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. If, they, if, he, if wanted, he had just gotten oh an Emmy for The Apprentice, we would never. And if that. if Obama hadn't made fun of him at that yep. one uh, correspondence, correspondence dinner, dinner. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Need I remind you, the night that he made fun of Trump was the night that Obama was, or Osama bin Laden was being assassinated. Uh, While he was doing his stand-up, that shit was happening. That was the night that broke the right wing's brain. Which is crazy, because that's the night that he killed Osama bin Laden. <laughs> like, that same night is the night that he yeah. lit Trump on fire and pushed him out a fucking window. What a fucking day that was. <laughs> Anyways... Um, so, uh, like Abra's mom's day. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, Crow Daddy <laughs> drugs Abra so she can't use her powers. Um, she wakes up in the car. They're on their way back to, uh, Rose the Hat. Uh, but Dan uses his powers to, uh, talk to Abra and take over her body and causes the car to crash, which kills Crow Daddy. Did you guys notice the detail um, to show that he was inside her? Oh, gross. Um, when she's sitting in the back seat, she sits up and he goes, oh, awake again, huh? He goes, well, what am I on? Oh, I feel hungover. I've never felt this hungover before. Mm-hmm. 
and and that doesn't click in the guy's brain. Yeah. But if you look at her, she has Ewan McGregor's eyes. Oh. She has the dark bluish green eyes of Ewan McGregor, and they look sad and sleepy. Yeah. Interesting. It's such a subtle detail. Hmm. And I just love the fact that he is sitting in her body, looking at him, thinking about this, looks at the seatbelt. We think he's looking at the gun and says out loud, you're the kind of asshole who wouldn't wear a seatbelt because you think you're invincible. I love that setup. It's such a brilliant little subtle one, two, three, bam, 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 and it's over. But Mm -hmm. damn, that's such a powerful little moment. Yeah. They've done they've done a lot with her eyes in this movie. Uh, back when she had the trap for Rose, um, and went through the cathedral, she had the purple hair and the no eyes. Uh, did your kiddo catch what that anime was? R W B Y Ruby. It's pre- yeah. She's she's a fan of some manga anime, and Ruby is her character that she likes. So that's who she okay. is when she has the no eyeballs. Is that anime character? There's posters on her wall, and it's like a real property. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's, it's Ruby, and it's a there's not actually a character named Ruby in it. There, but it is a team of teenagers. At least not that I know. Oh, R W B Y is Ruby. Yeah, that's what it's. Okay, I yeah. was like, oh, it, there. It's a te- it's a team of teenagers that fight the forces of darkness. Which I is the first time anyone's ever come up with that. <laughs> go go! That's uh, just uh, Scooby Doo. Haired teenagers. Yeah. yeah. So um yeah uh so Dan comes um picks up uh Abra and they drive to Colorado. <laughs> the fact that she is just like, well, he's said, I better start walking, get away from the body. Mm-hmm. Dan's gonna pick me up. There, there is a moment there where that has got to be the scariest moment of that little girl's life. She is alone in the middle of the forest, and she just killed the last of those guys, knowing that the other witch is out in the wild looking for her. Mm-hmm. I love that they don't show us that, though. They well, just show this kid stoic as hell throughout the whole thing. No, this kid is on the ball. She knows what's going down, and she's 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 doing it. Girl boss. She, she has ice in her fucking veins, man. Yeah. She's like, I am a wizard. Nothing can stop me. Hell yeah. No, if I had the force, I'd probably be like that too. For real. Like this is this is this is the better version of Hermione, I think. Yeah. But like like this is the the capable, unflappable, like clearly a little bit afraid, but like, no, my magical powers will get me through this. Mm-hmm. Instead of Hermione, who was like second guessing herself and worrying about how people viewed her and all that stuff. Like it's cool to see that kind of character. Without of the anxiety of being perceived as a muggle or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyways, um, they uh, arrive at the Overlook, uh, and Danny starts waking up the hotel. He turns on the oh, boilers. They drive up the Winter Road to the Overlook. Yep. They drive up the road to the Overlook. Yeah, in winter. Remember how they couldn't leave the Overlook unless they took the cat because out it was because winter. the road was impassable. Right. Climate climate the change. Hotel, well, the hotel, that's true. That's a good point. It's been eight years. Well, it's been more than eight years. It's been 30 years, probably 40 years. Um, the hotel is abandoned. No one's going up there. Why would they ever clear the road? Wow, those roads. The hotel is. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. They'd so be even I, worse than they I were. Just thought, I thought that was interesting. I thought it would have been interesting if they abandoned the car and got a cat. That would have just mm. been me having, them, having Dan be like, I've got five grand here. Take we, it. You just. You got to get people up there as fast as possible. We, we did Story, get a shot. Story wise, we did, Story wise yeah. it makes sense. We did get a shot of the uh, 
of the gas station where Dick got the cat in The Shining. Oh yeah. Um, um the shot of the the over overview shot of the the helicopter shot as they're driving up is the actual shot from The Shining. Okay. But they CGI'd the snow. Huh. Interesting. Um so uh Yeah, he, he uh Rose arrives at the Overlook and uh, comes inside. Dan and uh, Abra are on the stairs in Wendy's position, but Dan has the axe. Um, and it, it was an interesting mirror of the uh, Wendy with the bat when Jack going up the stairs at her. Um, so they uh, uh, they put Rose into... Uh, she thinks it's Abra's brain, but it's actually Danny's and she's in the hedge maze and Abra keeps coming around and cutting at her tendons with a knife. Um, but then Rose catches Abra and realizes that she's not in Abra's brain. She's in Danny's. The box sneaking up on her. Mm -hmm. I love the box. Just kind of like inching its way towards her. Um, the, the thousand cuts thing, they were trying to make her afraid to purify the smoke mm. or the steam for the overlook itself. They were prepping her. They were marinating oh. her, if you will. Yeah. So that the overlook could eat her steam or, or would be, she would be more appetizing <laughs> than the girl, I think was the goal. They, they had to make her a bigger target mm. than. And yeah. Enough to satisfy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then uh, she, she comes out of that and then, uh, Danny releases all the ghosts who overwhelm and eat Rose. But then they after they trade axe blows. Yeah. Ooh, that was some rough axe work. Yeah. yeah. He catches her shoulder and she catches his femoral artery. He's dead. He yeah. knows it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Ugh, I can't imagine catching the fucking hook end of an axe into your thigh. Oh God, that's Ow. gotta hurt. I'd yeah. rather I'd rather take the blade to my shoulder than the than the point to my thigh. Oh, cut my arm off. Man. Yeah, both are bad. <laughs> both are bad. Yeah, both. You're probably <laughs> yeah. not going to survive either of those. Are injuries. those my choices? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I hit me in the face, man. <laughs> yeah, be, yeah, because I, I'm going to actually instead choose a, f- a feather to my belly. <laughs> yeah, can can I just have coffee and like a, a steak yeah. instead? I really liked that. Poison uh, those. I really liked that when Rose... Uh, flung herself out of the labyrinth. She woke up at the typewriter. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a cool detail. That was jarring too, because yeah. she has all, been all sent across no the room. Cattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all hat, no cattle. Yeah. Mixed rose and elbow. <laughs> uh, so was that the same typewriter? Is that the same like Smith Corona, whatever they used? I didn't, I didn't look like the same. I it was a Smith Corona. It was a, a German model that he used because it had that eagle. Remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah, the yeah. eagle that everybody thought the NASA. But it was in the same spot uh, that Jack rode at. It would be yeah. weird if they chose a different brand of typewriter unless they just couldn't find something that looked the same. But I feel like they could dress something to look the same. Or maybe because Rose yeah. didn't know. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, yeah. So uh, then the ghosts attack Danny. And uh, um, Abra runs to save herself. Um, uh, Danny comes after Rose being 
um, possessed. Oh, I, I briefly skipped over when he meets his dad as Lloyd the bartender, oh, but we talked about it a yeah. bit earlier. The, the cool thing about that shot, though, is that it's framed the same way. He's looking straight down the lens, and then we turn to see Lloyd. Yes. The same way that Jack is staring down the lens and we think he's losing his fucking mind with the Kubrickian animal stare. Mm-hmm. He's doing a similar look. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah, like I said, that is that might be one of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah, it's the it's the the emotional thing. He's the one who who got Jack or Dan into this whole point. Mm-hmm. But like like at the AA meeting where he's like, My father got this far, blah, blah, blah. Now I understand him. But and very, had he not had that experience, he wouldn't have been, he would have lost completely. Very pointedly at the same scene in The Shining, Jack takes the drink from Lloyd and drinks it. Danny does not take the drink from Lloyd slash Jack to drink. That's what I yeah, I was saying earlier. He has much stronger will mm-hmm. and presence. Yeah. 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 Well, and because of his life experience, he grew up watching his father try to murder him and his mother. I think it's know? pretty well, and he got clean and sober. Jack never actually did. I, I yeah. think it's yeah, pretty it's clear true. clear that to some degree or another, Jack had some shining. Not like oh, Danny yeah. did. But I feel like we talked about that. Yeah. I think on our yeah, shining yeah. Episode. we may have, yeah. Um, so uh, anyways. Um, well, and it seems to be familial because yeah. uh, Dick says my grandmother had the shining. We used to communicate with our eyeballs. And it's, 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 yeah. it seems like in the book, it's much more than in the film. It's uh, inferred that. Abra's grandmother, who's dying, had some shining. Yeah. Well, and the the alcoholism thing was a bigger part of the book than it was the movie. Yeah. Too. And of course, in the book, Abra is is uh, related literally to Jack and Dan. So dumb. Yeah. Come on. Come on, George. I mean, Steve. Steve. <laughs> Steve. Yeah. So uh, they they uh, yeah. So uh, Danny comes after Abra. Like Jack came after Danny, and this is where they start actually kind of reenacting this final, um, the end of the book, The Shining. Um, there's a moment where Danny's able to take um, repossession of his body. He tells Abra to run. She runs out of the hotel. He goes. Abra gives him repossession of his body. Yes. She, he swings the axe at her, and she has touched his hand. Mm-hmm. She uses love the force she- to stop the axe. He <laughs> swings that axe over his head into her face, and she just touches his hand instead of trying to dodge it. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very Neo in the Matrix. Like, oh, yeah, that was a cool dodge. This, you know, yeah. like you won't have to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, she runs out. Danny goes down to the boiler, uh, the boiler room, uh, which is uh, now overloading, and uh, the the hotel bursts into flames. And burns down. The fire. The fire department shows up real fast. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> up that road. Yeah. Um, but Abra that makes me wonder: safe. did the were the feds tracking Dan and Abra mm. as a you know a top ten kidnapping case in the country? Because mm. the the fresher the case, the more resources they're going to pour into it. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Plus, uh, I'm sure that there's like probably better fire watch. Um, than there is a murder watch. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that they're like, oh, a fire up on the mountain? We have to stop that right now. <laughs> the murder watch? Murder. You're up in one no, of those towers tower with binoculars. <laughs> in like downtown Baltimore. 
That's the murder watch. Uh, so uh, we got to, <laughs> like, so he watches murders. I don't know. Yeah, we cut to some time later. Aber talks to Dan's spirit, uh, much like he talked to uh, to Dick. Uh, tells her he, she's fine. He comforts her, telling her to shine on that he was wrong about ha- hiding the shining, um, which is is a, an homage to. King's original influence for calling it the shining. Yes. Instant karma. Oh yeah. Yeah. We all, we shine, all shine on. on. Yep. So him on, saying man. shine on, you know, shine yeah. on crazy diamond too. I think that he was yeah. yeah, no, yeah, he got it from Lennon. Um so she goes and tells her mom that she's been talking to Dan and her dead father, and they're all gonna be okay. Her mom's like, Yeah, no problem. That didn't affect me at all. <laughs> yeah, dead. that's what Sometimes she, she comforts her with the we we continue on. Yeah, we do continue on. We don't just die. I like. I, I thought that was a cool way for her to comfort her mom instead of like it's okay, everything's fine. I'm okay. I don't know that it's intentional, but it's funny how much this jibes with Kubrick's statement that he considers The Shining to be very optimistic because it it says that there's life after death. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think that that's that's a that's a real take. Like ghosts are an optimistic outcome. Yeah. I. You know, it's true. That. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it was just funny that Kubrick famously said that. And this is like hits that point pretty yeah. pointedly. So uh, uh, we Abra finds the sexy old crone in the bathroom. In the bathtub, she uh, closes the door behind her and takes that bitch out. She's a ghostbuster. Yeah. Then she someday finds her own Padawan to chain. Yeah. Well, I, I like that that's how they ended her her arc is she's still cleaning up the mess after they used all of Dan's ghosts mm-hmm. and the things that haunted him. She is still cleaning up after that. Yeah, yeah she's got to put them back in the boxes. Yeah. Yep. And she has no fear of them. She yeah. doesn't need to drown. She doesn't need alcohol to drown out the shining. She yeah, knows she... what's like. Just close the door. Mm-hmm. Fuck that bitch. The way yeah. that I want to react to a ghost. Should yeah. I ever see it? You're like, I'm trying to sleep here. Can you put down the yeah. pots and pans? The fuck are yeah, you what doing? Do you, what do you? What want? do you want? Your worst... my question to a ghost. Like, yeah. what, what is it? Dude? I mean, just find tell your, me your your body and the. Yeah. Stop screaming. Just, I want just stop words. words. I want to react okay. to ghosts the same way I react to a cat in the middle of the night. Like, what are you doing? Right. Put what are you get doing? out of the cupboards and go to sleep. <laughs> just kicking them off the bed. Yeah. yeah. Uh so yeah, and that is it. Credits roll. That is Dr. Sleep. Um, the electric mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Sleep, the sequel to the <laughs> sequel to Doctor Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Awake, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, good movie. Yeah, this surprising. It's, it's better on rewatch. I think mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed it in the theater. But also, this is the extended cut. I think this is mm. the first time that I had watched this version of it. Oh, interesting. I watched. I pulled up a YouTube video. I was like comparing The Shining to uh, Doctor Sleep. I was curious if somebody had compiled everything, and there was a director's cut and a cinematic version. And this is like eight or nine minutes longer. Interesting. It's got oh. all kinds of little sh- scenes from The Shining, scenes in the beginning, scenes with Rose the Hat that weren't in the cinematic version. Hmm. Which I, I, it was so long ago when I saw it. It was 2019. Um, it was a COVID ago, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, any unanswered questions? It's that road. 
Not really. Yeah. Again, just why was that kid all alone after like one of the best games of his life? Right. Right. Yeah. Where's the coach? Don't you think he'd be like, dude, I'll drive you to Where is anybody in any, this small town? Any adult that's going to give the most famous kid in the game a ride. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one of the two adults talking about how talented he is. Yeah. Um, that being said, he may he may also do the thing that I don't know if you guys ever were the kid who didn't have rides. is You just hide until you're everybody leaves and mm. then you wait for your family to show up so it's not embarrassing i've been there huh. i mean also I've, then, I definitely also then, have not been picked up many many yeah. times and and then i've walked home after no one showed up thinking like oh i thought they were just late but i'm gonna go home because it's getting dark i've been that kid before mm. so. I, I mean sure but i it wasn't like i don't know i also didn't live in the middle of a cornfield buttfuck nowhere i wasn't approached by a windowless panel fan <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, and also, and it, I hadn't swept the game. Like, I hadn't won the yeah. Little League championship. I was just another dumb kid I mean, who had to walk I, home. I walked home from baseball games and soccer games and band events and stuff a lot. So, yes. uh, you know, this is normal. The only question I had, and I'm sure this was answered in the book, was how did Wendy die? Uh, they answer, I think. Did they say cancer? It was a smoker. Is he, because he I said that she was covered in black flies. They said, Her face was covered in it. Mm. No, she that's what he sees. That. No, but yeah. that's what he well, sees. Yeah, it's not real, but yeah, she was like consumed by death. Okay. Basically. I think, yeah. Which I assume is died. cancer. Makes sense. I'm assuming sadness. <laughs> like yes, sadness. that's true. <laughs> yeah. We have no if cure, give... and our robots don't have fingers. They only have paddles to deliver a baby. <laughs> no. That's the only thing that droid is for. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Um, for, for our uh, ranking of the uh, Stephen King cinematic, <laughs> the Shining cinematic universe. Yeah, the Shining. Uh, number two, I guess. Yeah, number two after yeah. The Shining. Yeah, yeah solid Second two. best Shining movie. Yeah. It's yeah, better than it really, the TV series was. Oh, yeah. It's a really uh, decent showing, yeah. Yeah. We should do the, the one with the guy from Wings. Oh, my God. Please, no. It's oh, so right. Bad. The TV show. This thing's like 10 hours so long. Bad. No. I've seen it, and it's so bad. That and The Stand are two of the worst adaptations. Oh, the Stand uh, is amusing to me, though. It's, oh, it is. Yeah. The it's one with Jamie Sheridan. Yeah. I mean, shared. Yeah. Well, the new one has Greg Kinnear, so it's like this weird, like, why are you choosing these people to be in this? Uh, so, all right. Any above final? or below the mist? Oh, if we're talking Stephen King, it goes above the mist for me. I think. <sighs> I was yeah. going to say, yeah. If we're just talking Stephen King, there are a lot of movies I like more. I, I will say the last three seconds of the mist are better than anything that Stephen King has ever done. Yeah, but this this is better than that movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, all right. That is it for uh, Dr. Sleep. Next week on Haunted Phosphorescence, say it three times, guys. We're going to be watching Beetlejuice, 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 Beetlejuice. Yes, indeed. It's been a while for me. They, 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 they were apparently two days away from finishing shooting Beetlejuice 2 when this actor strike started. They got like two days of pickup shots left. I'm and somebody fine. from around the town in Vermont stole one of the sculptures. You know, the like hand looking sculpture. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. Some locals or kids, I don't know, stole it. Wow. So oh. They didn't recover it. Oh, man. That's a cool thing to have in your backyard, though. Yeah. Right? Hell yeah. So that's next week on Haunted Phosphorescence. Until then, I too am off to relive a traumatizing experience from my childhood. I'm going to go watch Alf. 
<laughs> Problematizing. I'm Josh Cece, and there's just homemade wine in my thermos. <laughs> Look, Lloyd, you're my father. Now get in the box. I'm Brian Lesh. <laughs> I'm not the last one to say goodbye, but I am the prettiest. Shine on, you crazy diamonds. You're both. <laughs> you're both, Al. <laughs> we'll Shine see- on. We'll see you next time, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>